Hey, everybody. This is Kevin Heffernan. Welcome to another episode of Chewing It. On behalf of Steve Lemmy, thanks for joining us. We got a great episode this week. Our old friend James Grace joins us. And uh, you guys probably know James from Super Troopers and Beer Fest and Slammin' Salmon and a bunch of our movies. Um, he also happens to be the uh, artistic and managing director of the I.O. West Theater out here in Los Angeles. And uh, the I.O. West is, is really a pillar of uh, the comedy scene out here in L.A. Uh, the people have come through there and studied there. It's an amazing like who's who's list of of comedy talent, and uh, you know, between the Iowa West in LA and the Iowa and Chicago, the people. Uh, I mean, it's amazing. It's like you got Chris Farley and Mike Myers and Tina Fey and Amy Poehler and Jack McBrayer and Rachel Dratch, Andy Richter, uh, Bill Hader, Sudeikis. There's all these people who have come through, and um, and James is the guy who runs the, runs it out here in LA. So he's got great insight into improv and you know what it takes to to be great at it and and uh, about comedy and and about you know interesting things about how this iOS theater runs and 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 how they got to be the pillar that they are now and some really cool shit uh and uh uh of course we also talk about super troopers and we talk about the fact that Grace went to high school with Chandrasekhar and we spend uh, some good time ripping Chandra Sekar. And Lemmy gets an improv lesson, which he, which he needs. So all kinds of great stuff. It was fun to sit down with Grace. He's got great stories, and I think you're really going to like it. Um, but before we get going, we get some business. Uh, this week's episode of Chewing It is brought to you by DraftKings.com. It is that time, man. The fantasy season has started. The football season has started. Uh, we just got through our week one. Everyone's figuring out how good their teams are, how bad their teams are. Moving into week two, I can say that my teams did not perform. Uh, I had some serious duds this week. Um, people I hope will turn around, but who knows, you know. Peyton Manning let me down. Demarius Thomas let me down. Andre Johnson let me down. LaShawn McCoy was not great. Um, God, I hope these guys uh, turn around for me. My biggest, my biggest painful experience of the weekend, though, was that Giants game. Oh, my God. I still feel like I'm going to vomit from that thing. That was the biggest brain fart I've seen at the end of a Giants game that they had in the bag against the hated Cowboys. And uh, to see them flushed out down the toilet, oh, my God. But all right, we get past it, right, because it's week two. Your season-long fantasy football team may be going strong. Mine isn't. Yours might be. But regardless, you don't have to wait until week 16 to get paid. All right? Put your draft skills, your fantasy skills to test every week this season at DraftKings.com, America's favorite one-week fantasy football site. One-week fantasy means no season-long commitments. So let's say, you know, Peyton's arm is dead. I'm stuck with him for the season. You don't have to be in DraftKings.com. Right? You got an injured player? Des Bryant comes to mind. No problem. It's like a new season every week, so you're never stuck with the same players. Get this. DraftKings is crowning a new millionaire every week this season. A million bucks playing fantasy football. You could turn your love of football into a life-changing payday. You just pick up your players, you pile up the points, you pick up your cash. That's it. You've never experienced football like this before. This is not fantasy as usual. It's DraftKings. Welcome to the big time. So, Hurry to DraftKings.com, use promo code CHEW, C-H-E-W, to play for free for a shot at a million dollars in this week's Millionaire Maker event. Enter C-H-E-W for free entry now only at DraftKings.com, DraftKings.com.
That's DraftKings.com. There you go. That's the call to action. You go there and make some dough. You know, put all those hours of uh, fantasy uh, time to work here, making some money, putting some food on the table. <laughs> um, I guess it, it's uh, tough for me because I had such a bad week. I probably wouldn't have done very well at DraftKings.com this, this past weekend. But I guess that's it. There's always a new weekend. I'm going to turn it all around. Um, all right. All right. Enough of that, right? Uh, let's get to our conversation with James Grace. Old friend, great guy. Runs the iOS Theater out here, um, and um, you know him from Super Troopers, you know him from Beer Fest, you know him from Slam and Salmon, um, and he's a great dude. So enjoy the conversation, and more importantly, enjoy the chew. Now entering Nerdist.com. Look at this list of shit I have. I'm on your readers. I'm in that world now, though. Are you, do you have readers? You know, you try to, like, fight it, and you're like, yeah. no, I'm going to fucking read the paper. Yeah. But it's also, like, like kid instructions to kid th- toys and shit. Like, they print it so fucking small. Yeah. And your kid's like, can you figure out how to do it? And you're like, Jesus Christ, how the fuck? And then I just pull out my readers. I put them on. And then you can see. And then I can see. I was, I was taking a splinter out of my daughter's foot the other day, and I couldn't get it out. And then my wife came in, who was a doctor, and she, she decided she was going to get the splinter out of the foot. And then she's like, go get your readers for me. And I brought her my reading glasses, and she put them on and used them as her fucking goggles to take off the... Old talk with Kevin and James. (laughs) (laughs) And then my back was really sore. (laughs) Then my prostate fell out. The sciatic sciatic nerve was the the issue. That was really the problem. You can't relieve that by yourself. You need a woman. You need a help. Or a man. A finger. Just I can cut this all out if this is, you know, all the old talk, all the old guy talk. Old talk. I can take it down. No, but it's funny because, like... You know, I pride myself on my 2015 vision. I have 2015 vision. You do not. Yes, I do. Okay. Uh, it's going to go. Is that better than 2020? Yeah. It means that, Apparently. like... At l- 20 feet, is that 15 feet what, for you? What you can see at... What a regular person can see at 15 feet, I can see from 20. Holy okay. shit. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I mean, Extra five. Oh Extra my five. God. You'd be surprised. <laughs> You'd yeah. be surprised. I, a lot can happen in that five feet. You'd be surprised. Dude. A lot can happen in that five feet. Mm-hmm. A car accident? But Anything. I, yeah. I learned that when I was getting... Uh, for Beer Fest, when they were fitting me for the, eye, the contact lens for yeah. the Eye of the Jew. Right. We did a, a test. Okay. And she was like, You've, do you know that you have 2015 vision? I said, I, I knew I had great vision. I didn't realize it was better than everybody's. Okay. And she said, yeah, 2015. Was that person in Albuquerque or Los Angeles? <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying Touché. about Albuquerque? Touche. No, he's, he's being a dick to Albuquerque. No, but, and did they, but did they actually do measurements on your vision? Or did they yeah, with say, a ruler. Oh, boy, you yeah, have like a 2015 ruler. vision. No, no. You've got to have 2015 vision. Well, you know, like when you take an eye test. Well, you wouldn't know because you're like, what, 20, uh, what are you, 2040 or something? 2080? just deteriorating. Are you nearsighted every or day. farsighted? Every day. Both now. Oh, your eyes just don't work. Yeah, both now. Yeah, so like. That's how old I am. She calculates. She's like, because the eye charts. I test myself. I go to the DMV and I'm sitting in the waiting area. Right. I'm looking at the fucking thing across the hall and I'm like reading the lower thing. I'm like right. DF and then I go up. I'm like, yep, nailed it. Just waiting for your turn. Yeah. So you're like, bring a, it on. You're a hero at the DMV. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's faced up on the fucking board. But I'm saying, but it has, t- has passed every test he could ever take. Yeah. Look out for this guy. Wow. Here. Oh, here he comes. Old eagle eye. 
Do you know Eagle Eyes Lemmy? Here he comes. Here he comes. Here he comes. Here he is. Look at him. Look at his eyes. I haven't been in a DMV in 15 years. Right? You don't have to go anymore. Yeah, you have to go. No, you don't. You, at a certain point, you have to go to renew your license. Yeah, when you get old. They want to see no, your you eyes. just mail it in, and then they send you a new one. No, you can do that a few times, then you have to go. Really? Yeah, I had to go last year. Shit. Yeah, read the it, fine print. Is still, <laughs> <laughs> you can't, can't see it. You can't, can't see it. I can't see it. From that's 20 feet away. From, 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 yeah, from 15. Yeah, from, from 40. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ah. No, but, yeah. but here's the thing is that like yes. the other day I was, uh, it was like four in the morning. My kid had a cold. He was the baby. He was screaming. Right. I woke up in the middle of the night. I got like a, a bottle of the co- of infant cough right. syrup. Sure. And I'm looking at it. I want to know how much to give him. I want to know the fucking dose. And the writing is so small. So small. And I'm doing that grandpa thing. Yeah. I do like the ah, like the ah, looking, you know, down my nose at right. that thing. I'm looking for better light sources. I turn the light on. My kid starts crying more. I'm like, motherfucker, it's chaos. And right. I'm like, holy shit. My eyes are starting to go. Pretty soon I'm going to have 20-20 vision. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you should have put it down at the end of your driveway. Then you could have seen what... what <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, see? Yeah. Listen, you guys resent the fuck out of me for what I just <laughs> well, said. You, do. Just, you should have brought that bottle down to the DMV with you and put it in front of the fucking oh, yeah. eye chart. I could, only, I could only read it from fucking 50 feet away. <laughs> Look, listen. Oh, I get it. Four to six years old, one teaspoon. Okay, great. Let's do it. You fucking weak eyeball motherfuckers. <laughs> you, you wish you had my problems. You fucking wish. Mm, yeah. I don't know about that. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, look at the denial. Yeah. You got, it's ugly what's going on here. Um, all right. Shall we chew? I just want you to know, James, we have, uh, we've already recorded a podcast today, and we're well into the, the, the zone. The bickering. There's a lot of bickering. We're well into the zone where Kevin won't even look at me when I make my comments. He'll just, he, does, he doesn't want to fucking engage with me. That's absurd. That's ridiculous. It is. I'm just fooling around. It's Does absurd. he need to look at you? I know. Just to hear you? Yeah. I'm just looking at Grace. Yeah. Sure. Why wouldn't you? You look fucking good, by yeah. the way. You do, do look good. No, you do. You look like tan. He's glowing a little yep. bit today. He's yep. got that sweet Like he was just on vacation or something, maybe. Yep, just got back from Cape Cod. Did you really? You got that right. Oh, your wife's it. from there, right? Yep. Okay. I knew it. He's fucking Cape Cod. He's in Cape Cod. Cape Cod. But it was, uh, it's, it's muggy out there, though, isn't it? It wasn't too bad. I, okay. missed, I missed the real muggy part. I was at the beginning of the trip and then the end of the trip, and they're okay. out there for two months. Oh, what, your kids and, and wife are gone for mm-hmm. two months? What the fuck do you do? Uh, well, we had Part a little day, festival, bro. you guys might what Oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. What what was was you do? We're going to talk yeah. about that. We're going to talk yeah. about that. Oh, I can't wait. You yeah, sit home, like, partying oh, my and God. staying out late. I realized how much I don't want to be around people. Like, the entire <laughs> time, mm-hmm. I would just be at home. Yeah, that's funny. Like, no, I don't want to go do stuff. I just want to be away from everybody. Right. That's one of my beer fest stories about you, which we'll get to that also. Mm, okay. I'll get to that. Okay. I'll get to that. Okay, let's chew. Let's chew. Mm. Chew. Chew. All right, now solo, solo. Oh, there's a slurp in there. Go solo. Solo. <laughs> okay, so he choked okay. on something. He's what a little is... choking there. A little hair in there. I think he got a pubic hair. Instead. Yeah. Now he's working. He's working hard at it. Clarence okay. Thomas, you son of a bitch. <laughs> okay. Okay. Like Clarence Thomas. Our first oral sex. I so. like it. I like it. That's like a 25-year-old uh, joke. That's a good joke. Dude, I go way back pubic to pubic hair in the Jimmy cocaine. Carter, I'm glad he got cancer. I got yeah. a whole shit to I got a whole routine, a whole yeah. bit. Improv experts yeah. know everything about everything. They That's do. What, they have to. Yeah, they, they have, have to. They draw on everything. He's still, he's in the moment. He's, he's thinking about other things. All right. Joining us today, <laughs> an oh. actor, a writer, a producer, a director, the artistic and managing director of the I.O. West Theater. What's the I.O.? <laughs> the, well, it's not. You can't say Improv Olympic, right? There's like a lawsuit. Say whatever you want. Wasn't there a lawsuit? If they had continued to, to use it in print, yeah, there was they a threat and lawsuit. Like the Olympics. Yep. 
the Olympic Committee sued the I.O. at their name. Didn't sue right? them, threatened to. Okay. Because, you know, so many people are confused. <laughs> and they were like, I'm yeah. here for the javelin. Did you know that? Um, I, I was looking at it the other day. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. I was like, when did it go from I.O., from Improv Olympic? Because remember, we did an like, Improv Olympic thing. Way back in the day, and yeah. then it's now it's now it's IO. Yeah. Yep. Okay. That's like Kentucky Fried Chicken, right? The KFC. That's yeah. Like they're not allowed to call it chicken because Kentucky so. was going to sue them. Yeah. Um, but to answer your question, IO West is uh, the, well, it's the it's the kind of theater of the of the IO which started in Chicago, but this is the LA version, right? Right, and it was started probably like what late nineties out here. Uh, yeah, it actually started in ninety seven. Right. Ninety seven. Yeah. And uh, and uh, I'm I'm going to do a disservice, I, but uh, but basically. The I.O. started in Chicago, early 80s. It was a place kind of started by Del, Del Close and to teach no. improv. No? It was started in 1981 by Sharna Halpern, and okay. she was working. Um, it was more gamey back then. Okay. And she eventually brought Del in, and he brought his Herald that he had, had started working that, on. Which is that long-form. Long-form improv. Yeah. He okay. started that with the committee in San Francisco in the late 60s. So they brought some of the game element with the long form to make it less of a 45-minute rambling kind of a thing. And the game made it kind of a competition then. Yeah. Between teams kind of a thing, right? Or Back when I started, you would get um, scored by the audience at the end, like, which team used their theme the best? Which team oh, worked really? the best? And, and then one team would be the winner that night. It was completely arbitrary stupid. Huh. Okay. Because, you know, improv should be competition. That's that's the way it should be. Yeah. But, but look, before, I want to talk about all that shit. But before, let's figure out, let's talk about how we know each other. Okay. Okay, so you went to high school with Chandra Sekar. I sure did. Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, he credits you, actually, with getting him into acting. Is that is that accurate or what? I, Thank you, James. I'd like to apologize <laughs> Thank to you, James. everyone, and I'm sorry, you guys. It was like the Pirates of Penzance or something like that you guys are doing, and you got him to be in the play or something. Is that uh, true? I don't know if I got him to be in the play. I don't recall a lot of my life. Okay. But, um, yeah, we did a lot of plays together. I was thinking about him the other night. The Importance of Being Earnest was on TV. Okay. And he was Algernon, and I was Ernest. In in high school. In high school, okay. he was Biff to my Willie Loman. We went downstate. Right. No big right. deal, guys. No big right. deal. So right. let me wait. Let me just get this straight. What I'm reading into this is that you got the lead, and he always got the, <laughs> the sidekick. You know, there are no leads. There are no small sure. actors. Only small. Yeah. <laughs> sure. People. Yeah. 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 Okay. No, something like that. We 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 did a bunch of of uh, plays together. Yeah, we did. Um, we did um, the Fantastics. Mm-hmm. Right. Did you uh, do Pirates of Penzance? No. I feel like you did. We didn't do I that. Mean, I we there, did but... Man of La Mancha together. Okay. okay. Were you the man of La Mancha? <laughs> I was. Okay. What did Jay play? <laughs> Some guy. The uh, the Mexican dude who carries Sancho, the... Uh, yeah. Sancho Panza. Right. With the donkey. Yeah. No. Guy the donkey. He wasn't even that. He wasn't that? No. No? He was, he was a great part. He was, um, he was you know, the, the captain of the Inquisition. I don't know. I don't <laughs> remember was, what he was. Right. They put two people into a donkey suit, and he was the, he was okay. the behind. And, what, and this is the chance for you to say now that Chandler Sicker's persona in high school was nerd? When I, I came to that school sophomore year, he right. had already been on the football team freshman year. Okay. And I think it was the first or second practice. Shandor Sekar? Okay. Yeah. Shandor went to football camp. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. First or second practice, he and Vince Badranath right. ran into the woods and hid and waited for their parents <laughs> to pick them up when they quit the football team. That sounds like Shandor Sekar. Yeah. That sounds like him. Yeah. yeah. So he turned so, to acting. Yeah, so he did acting. He um, he did some cheerleading. We broke the gender barrier. For you cheerleading. guys did? Mm-hmm. Fucking hilarious. That's hysterical. Yep. Um, and, that must have been a little arch. Yeah, it was pretty tough. But now when we met you, mm-hmm. I remember the first time I met you. Mm-hmm. Do, do you remember this? You don't. Cause Tell me. Well, I remember the first time I met you. Because I went up to Grace here and I, uh, we were at the I.O. doing that thing with George Went, and I, I said something to him. 
And uh, he's like, I don't know. I remember past like two years ago. He said, I got people coming up to me all the time saying, remember in 95 when I did this uh, workshop with you or whatever? Yeah. Gracie didn't remember that shit. Nah. I well, remember. refresh me. He's rock and I roll. remember. Well, I, re- I remember when I met you. I yeah. bet I'll remember. It was, uh, it was either 1991. It was, uh, it was when you guys came to New York City. You were doing the real, uh, real live Brady, Brady Bunch. Mm-hmm. And you played Peter. I did indeed. And uh, it was, I think, at the Village Vanguard, was it? It was like a basement. Yeah, so that's yep. when I met the, yeah. okay. the Village Gate, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Village Gate, which is a terrible room, like well, a big fucking crazy room. Actually, that's where the Lemmings uh, were. Right, right, with right. John Belushi, just before SNL kicked off. Those yeah. guys were all there. And you were there, and I think also like maybe Keckner was in that mm-hmm. cast with you. Keckner, was it Dratch? Dad, maybe Dratch, Andy Richter, Melanie Hutzel. Melanie Hutzel was. So Melanie. who played who? You were, you were Peter. I was Peter. Yeah. Keckner was Mr. Brady. Yeah. Uh, Andy Richter actually was Mr. Brady, and then the cast went out to um, L.A., so Keckner took took over for him on that. Um, Dratch was Cindy. Uh, Melanie was Jan, Jan. Right. And. She went out with the first cast, so we were like the second cast. Okay. And wasn't Jane Lynch? No. Jane Lynch was uh, Carol Brady in the first cast. Okay, okay. But I remember we went and saw that. Uh, uh, that was uh, the hottest show. It was so great. at the t- Like, that show was getting all the attention. Well, wasn't it like MTV? I know they made a movie out of it, but like... Yeah. Because of that, I think that's what got the movie happening. Yeah. yeah. But it was huge, and, and so there was a lot of, like, Brady's trying to cash in. Like, Barry Williams put out a book... Right. During that. Right. And it was like on one of our off days, Keckner and I had um, taken a little bit of um, acid, I think. You okay. Okay. Yeah. Good. Right. And so we're walking down um, 6th Avenue and we see a book signing happening and it's Barry Williams. So we're like, <laughs> and there's like a poster of us in the window. And then we see Barry Williams and we're like, we got to go in. So we right. duck in and we're like behind the stack. That's the of kind books. of thing that only happens when you're on acid, by the way. Yeah. Oh, totally. Continue, yeah. please. Yeah. Then. Uh, Ducky, um, what's that guy? John Cryer. Yes, yeah, comes yeah. up to him and, and he goes, aren't you guys in the real-life Brady Bunch? And we were like, ah, <laughs> it's Ducky. And then he had the hairdo, yeah. the fucking Ducky yeah. hairdo. So we like bolted out of there and proceeded on our Holy shit, that's hysterical. Yeah. Wow. But that was so fun. Like, wh- how, how long was that tour? Did you guys tour a bunch of cities or was that just coming to New York City? No, we were just in New York. We I was there for about a half a year and then it closed and then... I came out and did some stuff with it out here in L.A. Yeah. And then it toured. It went to like Australia and toured around. Right. It was everywhere, that. right? Wait, yeah. Was it was it Annoying Theater? Like who did it? Annoying Theater? Theater started okay. it, yeah. Okay. It all started with Becky Thayer. Do you know who she is? No. She did a really great Marsha impersonation. Okay. And my um, girlfriend at the time, Jill Soloway, and her okay. were best friends. Oh, she's Jill's always transparent, right? Correct. Okay, got it. And so she's like, this is great. And then they like developed it and got it into a show at The Annoyance. And then it became huge at The Annoyance. Right. Like lines around the block kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, who's the guy who created the shirt? Schultz? Howard Schultz? Who created oh, the Brady Bunch? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Schwartz? Yeah. Sherwood? Sure. Schwartz? Sure. I don't know. I That's don't know. it. That's I don't know. it. Cecil Schwartz? Yeah, Cecil I Schwartz. I think it's Sherwood Schwartz. Sherwood Schwartz. Sherwood Schwartz. Yeah, there you go. So anyway, he came to come close down the show. Saw yeah. it. Loved it. Gave it his blessing. Well, he came to be like, fuck you guys. This yep. is over. Okay. Yep. okay. Loved it. And then... Yeah. Um, Ron Del Del's Delson Ron, production. Ron Delsner. Is that it? I dated his daughter, Sammy Delsner. <laughs> go on. There you go, go on. So he picked it up and brought it out to New York. Okay. And uh yeah, it was really it was I, it was a blast. I remember when we met you, it was like first of all we were like, Holy shit, we're going to the hottest show in the fucking world right now. Mm-hmm. Shane was like, Oh yeah, my best friend from high school is playing playing uh Peter Brady 
And like meeting you, I was like, it was like meeting a movie star. I was like, holy fucking shit, this dude is playing Peter Brady at right. the fucking Brady Bunch show. It's time to change. Yeah. Yeah. But I remember you were uh, you were pretty aloof that uh, like we didn't hang out afterwards. Like you had something to do and you you played it cool with me. You were you, you were yeah. like you're like, hey man. <laughs> and like it was this, like you and Shander Sekar just talked about shit. I just yeah. stood there and fucking watched you and Shander Sekar. No, but talk I think Vince was there too. I think VK was there too. Oh, was he? I think he came. To, he was. I think that's when we were living in the Flophouse by that point in time. Yeah, I mean, I remember sitting with Vince. I feel like wait, was Flophouse? But you were were you better friends with Vince than Jay or no? No, Jay. Okay, okay. But if I had known about your fifteen twenty vision, I would have given you yes. so yeah. much fucking. You'd oh, have yeah. given him signals from the stage that oh, only yeah. he could see. Yeah. 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 Shit. I had no great. idea though. I had no idea. I know. Well, you I can't really tell. Did you did, was the annoyance theater? Were you like a member of that? Is that how you got into I that? I wasn't. Or I wasn't. I I uh, got in because of Jill. Basically, we we weren't okay. dating at the time. That it, that it, you know we had broken up by that point, and so I wasn't in like the original stuff. But then. They brought me out to New York to play Don Ho for a special three-week three <laughs> okay. run of the Hawaiian okay. Do you do Hawaiian? Okay, great. I talk a little pigeon. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. A little bit. I, bu- I buy it. And uh, they even paid for me to get, uh, go to tanning salon to get... <laughs> oh, really? To get nice and tan? Because it was January. But were you, but you weren't... Were you doing Second City or something like that? What I was, was your? What I. were you doing in Chicago at that I. time? I. Were you doing I.O.? Mm-hmm. Okay. And so you, you were doing I.O. from the beginning. Like what year? That's in the like 90s, I early 90s. S- I started at I.O. when I was 17. Um, Holy shit, I was wow. a freshman at DePaul University. Okay. What was it that like you fell in love with about improv? Or when did you first experience improv? Well, we actually had some of that at, in high school. We had, um, we had a really great um, drama teacher, Carla Maria Sowald. And she, you know, there was Jay and I and this girl, Beth White, and uh, another guy, uh, Slavon. Um, anyway, she would bring in outside artists. Yeah. So she brought some improv people in, and we got to do improv stuff. And uh, Jay and I did an improv scene that we were um, in a uh, steam room. Okay. So we went backstage. We took off all of our clothes to our underwear. Yeah. Came back out to do the scene. <laughs> And I think we were Jewish. We had, like, bulls on our head, as I recall. Uh-huh, I don't uh-huh, know. Uh-huh. But it was great, and I loved it. So that was, like, you know. And then you started taking classes there, or did they have classes then? The, then I, I started at um, Second City. That was my reference. Yeah. So I went. They had, like, Players Workshop, which is where you kind of go if you're really just starting out. Yeah. The guy in my class showed me an article about Del Close that was in the Chicago um, magazine. And he's like, I'm going over to this place. And the rest of our class was kind of pretty shitty, and I was like, I'll go with you. Yeah. So he brought me over. The first time I met Sharna, she's like, look, nice to meet you. I'm not supposed to tell anybody this. I'm working on a deal with um, Michael Douglas for a TV show, and I'm so excited about it. I'm like, <laughs> I just met you. Why yeah. would you tell me that? Right. The following summer, I came out to shoot that TV show oh. in L.A. Because oh. it came to fruition. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And so you, But you didn't move out there. That You stayed in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. That That... I, so I, I started taking the classes through that summer of my freshman year, and then I was doing as much as I could during the sophomore year. Yeah. But because DePaul's conservatory, it was really hard to get time. Oh, okay. And so... And so you did in the summertime, so... Yeah, but by that next summer, I knew that's what I wanted to do, so mm-hmm. I dropped out of DePaul. Okay. And went full time into making no money. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. But there was a pretty fun group of people there then. That though, was right? awesome. I mean, yeah, yeah. It was. It was in my first class was Pete Gardner uh, and Dave Keckner. Yeah. 
Um, they were both on my very first Herald team. And were they like, were people like bouncing back and forth between Second City and, and, and IO, or what were well, they the doing? The way that it went was you, you wanted to be at IO to study with Del Close. Right. And then you wanted to get to Second City to get paid to perform. Okay. So and Second City was more in the writing sketch world, and, and right. IO was pure improv. Yeah. Okay. Second City was always using improv to develop sketch ideas yeah. and then write them out, and IO is always just improv. Right, okay. What year did The Untouchables come out? I think that was around eighty-eight. Chicago way, the Chicago way. Well, because Del Close yeah. was. Uh, oh, he's he, in it. He yeah. has that line. Yeah. You gentlemen think you're untouchable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. I, I was like, oh, Del Close is that guy? Like, a, yeah. yeah. He was in that. He was the the preacher in the Blob. He was doing a lot of work. Like he would be teaching, then then like leave. But hands down, the greatest teacher I've ever. That's what everyone says. With. Was he was he hooked on heroin? Uh, not by that point. Okay. The only thing he oh, did so it happened after. No, before. Oh, before. He, the only thing he was doing when I met him was chain smoking cigarettes and smoking weed. Okay. Yeah. And was he like? Uh, so you studied with him. Was he? You're saying he's the best best teacher of anything that you ever had. What was so? Because people, I mean, you hear in the improv you hear about Del Close mm-hmm. and how amazing he was. Well, I think there was there was a couple things. One was his frame of reference was, you know, immense. He's the kind of guy who when. He would go to universities and sit in classes, you know, back back in the day. Um, but his life experiences, like he did the first light shows for the dead, mm-hmm. you know, he mm-hmm. he knew all those guys, you know. So, but he had uh, and and just amazing uh, book knowledge and, and that kind of stuff. So there's all that. Plus, he's got a worldview that's constantly changing and being, you know, like he's challenging like that. Then on top of it, he like held this standard in class where there's no bullshit. Yeah. Like somebody did a, a dick joke or a punny thing, he'd stop the scene and be like, get off. <laughs> Two more. Like right. that kind of thing, you know? So everybody was trying as hard as they possibly could. And he would come into class and he'd say, I'm reading this book. I read this thing in this article. Uh, the other night I saw a clip from this thing. Um, and in the news this happened, and I was wondering if we put these things together, if we could create a form where blah, 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 blah. And you'd be like, what the fuck did you just say? Right. But we're going to try. And yeah. you jump up. So his classes were never like, I'm teaching you guys the same stuff over and over again. It was always like... Would he do it too or no? Was it, was no. It more, okay. He would, he would like monitor it. But I mean, did, was did there any... ever the moment that, you, that he would get up there and he'd be like, holy shit, or he was more of a teacher than a... Yeah, okay. he, he was more of a So there was never a time when the students were like, you know, I'd like... I'd... I bet Del can't even do it. I'd like to see him do it. No, no. He was so into me. He called me the kid who dropped out of college for a long time. Uh, he, he didn't know my name. Yeah. You know, because I'm like 17 and all the stuff's in a bar and I'm sitting in a bar and they, they just assume I must be of age because I'm there. But, yeah. you know, I wasn't. And it was really hard to talk to him because he's intimidating, you know, and I'm yeah. 17. Um, but you had a talent for it, though. Yeah. Eventually, eventually, we got in a good place together. He directed yeah. me in a show at one point, which was really an amazing experience. But, you know, there's a lot of um, quirks and flaws with him as well. But, yeah. But as far as, like, uh, inspirational class time, I've never been in anything like close to it. Right. And you teach close, class Close now. to it. So close like, to it. Oh, High yeah. five. Oh, nice. right on. Close to nice. it. Right on. Thanks so much. Del Close wouldn't like that sort of punish thing. No, he didn't like that. that. He'd stop he, Kevin didn't look at you at all when yeah. you said I, I know. Now I did. Yeah. I know. Yeah, now he does. Now Only because you, you made it. Because mm-hmm. you made yeah. The, our our in, in, uh, interaction with the I.O. was, uh, remember, we were first year out of college, right? And the I.O. was doing a, uh, I don't think you were there. It was your first year out of college. It was my first You were still in college. Yeah, I road tripped with Jill Vigman. With Vigman and Ted Griffin. And so we, uh, but anyway, the I.O. was doing um, some sort of a workshop-y competition in New York City. Mm-hmm. 
And so they were assembling teams. And then I, I'm sure Jay heard about it through you or something like that. Jay, the idea was to put a team together. And so it was us. And then um, he brought some people down from Colgate, like Joe Vigman. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we. Me. And you, yeah. And we ended up doing this uh, uh, really. this improv workshop, and we were fucking terrible. It was us we versus so one bad. other team. And well, we Grace lost. knows how good improvers we are anyway. I mean, you know, like when we go and do stuff at the place. You, you, know, guys, are, like, you, you know. guys always make a bigger deal out of it. Then. Well, no, because it's like what it is is that we're not trained in improv, and we're getting up there in front of a crowd, and their assumption – this is for me. Their assumption is going to be that we're going to get up there and fucking crush it. Right. But improv is not something you can just crush. Even if you're a creative person or a, funny, a naturally funny person or a stand-up comedian or a comedic actor, it's something you have to be trained in. There's a method to it. And Is that true, though? Is there a method to it or there, a natural talent to it? There is guidelines to it. But yeah. I think the biggest thing is to get out of your own way, of get out of your own head. Yeah. You know? And just be pr- present in the moment, listen to what's happening, and react to it. That's, in essence, what makes great improv. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's like there's, there is, like stand-up comedy... You have to log a certain amount of hours before you actually begin to just feel comfortable up yes. there. And also, you have a set of rules that you've established for yourself. That once you get good at that, you realize that there are no rules and you can remove yourself from situation. That's what all the improv training. But I think that's true. There's a difference, and you know, not to get too wonky, but like there's there is improv acting, and I feel like improv comedy acting. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is if this do you think this is true or not, but like. Like we'll go do those shows at the I.O. and, and uh, you know, two guys are on stage and someone asks them a question. The natural thing would be say, yeah or no. That would be your response to the question. But then, you know, a character, a guy will come up with something fucking awesome in his mind that's hysterical. Mm-hmm. And that's, to me, what makes the improv great. But you're not really supposed to do that, right? I mean, Well, the thing is you're forwarding what's going on. Yeah. So, you know, if you ask somebody a question that causes them to stop forwarding what's going on, that kind of fucks the whole right. process. But there's a but there's a bland way to forward. Yes. And then there's a, a, a creative, uh, hysterical way to forward. Totally. But it's it's just tapping into whatever character you you are, you know. Like, it, it makes me think. We did a show for a little while called Pub. Yeah. Which would be, it was kind of like an Armando where we had a couple of um, British actors who would, like, talk and offer their discussion. That would inspire the, the scenes. Right. And, um... So at one point we had Mackenzie Crook from The Office, and I'm, like, such a crazy fan. Yeah, yeah. He, he was petrified backstage. Yeah. He was, like, <laughs> sweating, and he was just like, I don't know. Like, we're like, it's going to be fine. And he killed it out there because you'd get the scenario of what was happening in the scene, and then he'd just play the scene. Yeah. Right. 100%. And he didn't have to think about being funny or whatever. He just had to be true to what was happening in that but scene. In, but his natural uh, disposition is funny, right? So doesn't it... Like, if you had a person who wasn't naturally a funny person, yeah. it's a different scene. Sure, sure. So but I think you can, you can have that person play a straight person, and if they really commit to it, they can make a scene really work. Right. Like, anybody can do this Yeah. Um, to get to a certain level where it's easy. Again, it's that confidence that you were talking about. I think that's the key. Yeah. And at some point, do you hit that confidence? And like, let's say for you personally, you've been doing it since you're 17 years old. Mm-hmm. Do you feel – like, I think there are certain situations that we walk into, and I don't – People are like, oh, do you get stage fright? No, I don't really get stage fright in certain places, you know. But are you in that in improv in that world? Or do you feel like you can just walk onto that stage and it'll fucking happen? Do you, are you? 
that confident yeah. now in your life? Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the thing is you have to keep doing it. Like, I don't perform at the level that I used to. I used yeah. to perform five, six nights a week. Right, right. And I, I don't perform that often. Right. And it's like a muscle, right? I mean, it's like... Totally yeah. a muscle. Yeah, yeah. And what really got in my way was running the theater. Because yeah. I would literally have people ask me about rehearsal space right, five right, minutes right. before going on. Right, right. And so it took a lot of the joy out of it. But, like, I found people that I love to play with. I like, I've, I've gotten to a point where I like to play with smaller groups so there's less agendas. Yeah, yeah. When you have people and you don't know what they're lo- going after, but if it's just two people and you're like, here's what we're going to try. Yeah. I mean, because you probably find now, and, and uh, you know, we've talked about different people, but like a lot of people go to places like I.O. now or Groundlings or whatever it is with mm-hmm. the intention of getting on television or you yeah. know, doing that kind of stuff. And, and you know, I think there's more of a purity to certainly what the improv thing is. So you can't really have that agenda when you're coming in there. Right. But you probably run into that a lot now. Yeah, there's a lot of people that are trying to beat get that the, out of people. Well, they're what? trying to get the product, and yeah, you, and you can't get there before going through the process. Yeah, you know. And it, I was talking to uh, Dave Keckner. I don't know when this was a couple of years ago. We, we were just talking about how when we started doing it, all it was always about creating new stuff. And he's like, we had so much material that if we had just gone back and worked on, yeah, <laughs> yeah, what we could have had, you know, right. Yeah. But back in those days, if you came out and did a character that I've seen before, I'd be like, um, hello, character I saw <laughs> yeah, before. What's yeah. with the crutch, bro? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think, I think our purity was, it was like an amazing creative time. But, you know, the usefulness of that is like a magic trick. It's like it's gone. You don't, you don't get to see it again. It's, it's, yeah. And part of that, I think, is what makes it so amazing. But it also makes it where you don't get to utilize it later. Yeah. But isn't that what, like, didn't Second City do that? Like, they would... That's how you... That's what impro- they do, right? You improvise a bunch of stuff. You, right. And, yeah. then they, and then they would write a sketch around it. Exactly. Right. Like, at the end of every set sketch show, they get suggestions, and then they come out and they do an improv set, and then from that set, they might go, I loved, um, you know, Dodge uh, Dart. That was great. Let's, let's develop that. Um, Kid in a Bucket. That was horrible. Let's <laughs> right. not do that. Right, yeah. right, 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 right. But, and you know, and, and as a teacher now there, you... You don't do that, right? You just do improv. You teach right. improv, right? Correct. And teach people come through. I mean, cause people, I guess people do different things. It's not the Sketch things. Olympic. It's the improv Olympic. I know it. I know it. But it's an amazing. And so, like, now you run that place. Uh-huh. I mean, it's an amazing, I, I, like, some of the alumni that come, been both Chicago and L.A., right? Mm-hmm. Chris Farley, Seth Myers, Andy Richter, Rachel Dratch, Eric Stone Street, Keckner, Tina Fey, Mike Myers. Like, a lot of people. Jack McBear. Have come through sure. those places now. Yep. And, uh, and you see these people. Like, do you see now, like. When you look at young crops of people, can you see who's going to go somewhere and who's not going to go somewhere? You know what? I To me, I think it's the same thing as everything in, in L.A. It's like if you have a pure essence, like we were talking about my son and his auditioning. Yeah, skill, right. He loves it. And he's in the moment and he loves it. And that's like you can see people that have that. Yeah. You know, and you can see people who are really just loving doing it. And that translates much more than someone who's calculated. Yeah. But it's so different now because – of the internet and and the ability to create product on such a basis. What do you mean, like like now people they can get their product out to people? Yeah. You mean, or? So you guys do a great scene. You're like, let's go shoot that, and then let's put it up on our website. Right. And blah, right. You know what I mean? So yeah, I think people are bent that way more than. It's funny because you know. they say like you know we have very limited interaction when we you know whatever we come do something at the I O like once or twice a year, and but those are the kind of conversations you have with people there. It's like oh yeah, I just shot this thing because we did this thing and it's funny and we put it up on the internet and stuff like that. It's really. That seems to be what the mindset is now, which I'm sure is way different than. Well, but I mean, you yeah. know, although it was always that way, just using the things that we had, and now yeah, it's, but there was a time where you didn't even have that. Thing. No, I know, but you know what I mean. But like, if we were 
coming up now, obviously we'd be thinking in that sure, way. Sure, we totally would. We yeah. totally would. We were, doing, like, we were doing as much as we could. Right, but in like 1990 or whatever, yeah. we couldn't even film shit. Like we, you know, you had a VCR tape you put into the camera of the VCR. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> right. and, when, and you would shoot a scene. Yeah. And then you would pause it, and then you go to the next scene and you shoot that. <laughs> That's right. And That's when right. we froze at the end of it, we actually would, the thing that they made fun of in Police Squad where they pretend to freeze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the monkey's still running around, like tearing everything up. Like we would actually just freeze and <laughs> right. try to sell that as the end. As of the, the freeze, right? Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. So what? What? Like as as a day to day thing for you over there? Like what? Like you have the keys to the kingdom over there, right? I mean, you are in charge of that place, yeah. right? So, yep. What do you? I mean, oh, so dude. what do you? What's your day to day over there? He can't talk about this shit. Why not? Top I want to know what goes on by the scenes over so there. So there's there's a you, you know, make or break people over there, bro. There, there's a, you know we're open seven days a week. Yeah, we have a full bar. Yeah. We have um, a full and just shows every center, night. Every night, seven seven nights a week. And, and are they free shows, shows or ticket shows? Both. Okay. We have two the- We have three stages. We yeah. have two theaters in the back, which are free, and one in the front, which is not. Yeah. Um, and we have shows, you know, on the hour. So there's there's so much comedy material yeah. coming through there. It's so unbelievable. What I'm doing is constantly um, booking shows, developing shows based on who you think the talented people are. Based on that. Based on variety. people approaching. Yeah. Um, we have our heralds, the long form, those yeah. groups um, that come from in-house. We have a whole sketch program that I kind of helped spearhead there. You teach kids. Yeah. And so we have sketch teams that perform. Are you still instructing? Yeah. Okay. Do you teach like the master class? Uh, I, I generally do like the later classes. I like to work with people that have a basics under their belt. Right. Yeah. Kind of push them because at that point they're, they tend to get real jokey. Yeah. And I try to ground people back again. Right. Because to me, it's so much more interesting to watch like a real scene yeah. than like see you try to be clever. Sure. You know, so. But so, so you're like the new Del Close. No. <laughs> Why not? Why can't you, you say that? Say, you should say not even close. Yeah. Not even close. Good uh, I'm not going to. Cause... Yeah, because I'm trying to be funny. Because <laughs> my Holland Oats uh, yeah. trucking company. Yeah. But, but no, we, we tell people all the time, like, you know, when we came here to L.A., we had the luxury of having five dudes that we went to college with who had a thing going on already. You right. know what I mean? People come in to L.A. or New York every day or Chicago every day, you know? Yeah. And they say to us, you know, how do you, how do you get to do what you do? And we always say things like, you know, you've you got to hook up like at the I.O. or Groundlings or whatever it is because yeah. get yourself into a place with like-minded people and then you'll connect with like-minded people, you know? And yeah. you see it, you know, like, like we've had on the podcast the Dr. God guys, so Dave Park and mm-hmm. Gargiulo. They're just a group of guys who came from different places, and they came together, and they met there Yep. and at the I.O., and now, you know, they make movies, and they make TV shows, and, you know, it's just a, it's just a great place to go, and you're in charge of that place. You're in charge of making sure that works, right? Yeah. Now, uh, back when you were in Chicago doing this, mm-hmm. I remember, you know, I... Uh, with respect to your wife, it seemed that uh, <laughs> hello. It seems that every woman that I've ever met who you know came through the I/O is like, oh James Grace, yeah, fuck them. <laughs> what they, they say that in a braggy way? They what? do. They, wow. Yeah, fuck. It's like they're saying they had sex with Del Close. They're like James Grace, <laughs> fuck them. You know, every girl that has come through there is like, oh yeah, I dated James Grace. Is that true? Uh, I don't know if it's every girl. Well, there's a couple. All the girls I know. <laughs> Let me just say that there was a lot less. Female participation in improv back mm-hmm. in those days. I'm sure, yeah, right. So that pool was a lot smaller. Was your big line to them when you were picking them up uh, that like and and never forget rule number one? Yes, and, and then, <laughs> no. My pickup was freeze. Okay. <laughs> nice, nice. I love it. But see, that goes back to what we were. I was talking before that when we did that improv competition, we couldn't get women to do it with us. 
So we had Vigman come down from Colgate. Yeah. And Vigman was a pig. Like she Who just, is a woman. She's a woman, but she's like a... She, her thing at that time, and you know, somebody beat her out of beat it out of her second city or whatever it was, but like, just to go to nobody beat it out of her. It's still in there. Well, yeah, I'm just saying, like her, she, her default is to scatological or as as gross as any dude can be, mm-hmm. and that's with that improv living thing. So it was like, we worked, 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 worked. There are other teams who were way better than us, and then Sharna was there, and she was the judge with a couple other people from the I.O. Mm. And uh, we did our things, and the team, I don't know if we went second or first, the other team went, and they were really fucking good. They were really, they were really good. Yeah. And then we went, we were fucking terrible, and then it, it devolved into her, like, making, you know, shit jokes, and us not knowing what the fuck we were doing, and yeah. I think Sharna just kind of was like, uh, you know. But I was, also, I, was di- I was finding myself disdainful of the whole process, and the, and the reason was that there was a guy on the other team right. who had a comb over. Right. Okay. Okay. He actually. He. But he's the one who got us into the. He was uh, a great guy. I, I don't remember his name, but guy. he's the one who got us into the to theater the to do our first shows. Yeah. Yeah. But he was on that team, and he had a comb over. And I remember him like, I was like, he's super old, is what I was thinking. Right. He's probably he's probably thirty. Fair enough. But right. he had he had a shelf up there. <laughs> he had a, 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 <laughs> right. a hairsprayed comb over, and I remember him like going to his knees on the floor, and the wind like caught his comb over and like lifted it up like in the breeze and then it <laughs> fell back down into place <laughs> yeah but to me i was like this is a grown man doing like pretend games and i got uncomfortable <laughs> in the room and, and it was because of, of that that like that steered me away from wanting to do improv yeah whereas now like i love i love well but they were different they were more flamboyant i mean they were, that was like they more were of a theatrical it. like that dude got us our booked our show because he did a a cabaret routine with another woman where they were like a, 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 a stare and Ginger yeah, Rogers. Not just kind of any thing. cabaret routine. They had the hottest cabaret they show did. at the duplex. But then I remember going that summer, we went to Chicago and, uh, or maybe it was whatever it was, and we went, and I think we, you were there too, but we, I went with Jay and, and went to the IO and uh, saw that stuff. And I was like, holy shit. I remember it was uh, the guy who was tearing it up was uh, Mitch Rouse. Oh, you know, Mitch Krause? Yeah, sure. He still, so, still performs. Yeah, and so that was like 91, and he was the fucking hot thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He was like the number one guy on his team. Mm-hmm. People came to see him, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And you went, and you're like, holy fucking shit, this is incredible. This is awesome. But it was, I was like, what was the year that, uh, when was Farley there? Um, 88, I want to say. That summer. That summer. He, well, you were there with him. Yeah, you, we, we were on a team together. Yeah. He, we went out and shot that Michael Douglas um you were in a TV together. show, yeah. Because I remember, like, when we were coming through then, I mean, obviously you were, you were Peter Brady, too, but it was like, this was the place that had brought, like, to me, it, uh, Chris Farley was, was the guy who made me aware of that, of the I.O., yeah. and it was like, this really was, like, the epicenter of shit that was cool. Like, this is where talent was coming out of there. But the amazing thing was, uh, is super, it was impossible, and it is still, I think, to this day, Super hard to capture that outside of a live setting. You know, yeah. people talk about how like what a force Farley was and what, whatever, and and everyone would say you have to see that situation, that live situation, then you really, really, really know. Right. You know what I mean? Well, and a big part of it, I think, is when you see it live, you're in on the very beginning from the suggestion through the discovery, every every part of it. So you're much more patient for the stuff that isn't like amazing because eventually it will be amazing. Yeah. And when you're watching it filmed, you're like, well, this isn't very good. This isn't very good. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. But you're not like in that live. You're not caught up in yeah. the – and you think that's the key to it? For, for to, to have 
improv on television, like long form improv, yes. Yeah, because it, it, you you can't appreciate the excitement of it of it being created on the spot. Right. It's like it's like magic shows. You know, like magic show doesn't work on TV because. You're not. You're not in the sense of like. Uh, I think magic shows work on TV. Well, they don't in the sense of you. You know, you can edit or you can. You totally. know, you can make it. You know. And you're like, how do we know that there's not a trap door under that? Yeah, thing you know, right it's like movie magic, TV magic, whatever it is. But like improv, you. I thought I feel like being in the room is it's such well, a different thing. When I used to go to improv shows, and it might be because a lot of the times I knew people that were performing in them. Sitting in the audience, my adrenaline would start going because I was like, I don't know if. I'm going to see some a success or a failure yeah. here, and seeing a failure sometimes was an incredible thing. Sure, when people are just fucking bombing up there, I've been part of it on <laughs> yeah, stage sure, and sure. off stage. Right, sure. But I found there to be something dangerous about it. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's like a high high wire act. Like, yeah. Well, because also could fall. the danger being that like if they sucked, it was going to affect me directly, and that I would have to sit there for you know seventy minutes and watch that shit. And, yeah. And then see them afterwards and be like, hey, yeah, so that's awesome. I got a, I got a cramps. I got to go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got to roll. But no, there have been so many times where we've come to do Heralds or whatever or, or Mondos. I mean, and, and, you know, you're you end up just standing on the sidelines and like watching and being like fucking mesmerized. And you're like, and then it's like, oh, okay, you have to get out there. And you're like, oh, okay. But like you, you just get caught up in it. I feel like. Well, and when like, you watch the good people, you yeah, know, it's like when you know, I mean, like you would do it, James, and then like we like Ike Barinholtz and yeah, like Park. Mike, I love Mike Park. Coleman. I think Park's fucking great. Yeah, all yeah, those Park's guys great, were yeah. Park and yeah. uh, Sean. Yeah, yeah, they're great. But uh, yeah, when you watch it, you know, it, it's a different thing than it's a hard thing to capture, which is really the unique thing to me about improv. I feel like you know. Oh yeah, but yeah, but uh, uh, there's a danger element to it, and uh, and there is a skill, and you do also realize it's like seeing a rock band. You're like, oh, I could never fucking do that. That's impressive. But you could. Well, but With like... With the right training from James Grace. I've actually asked James, like, I, like, I, I am very interested in studying and doing it. Yeah. Learning mm-hmm. how to do it. And I, every time I see James at uh, the Carrie Clifford Christmas party, I'm like, I want to c- come take your class. He's like, come on down. And I'm like, okay. And he never does. And I, I never does. said the same. would say the same thing. I, I feel the same way, too. Like, I feel like we, you know, we missed out on that kind of training and that maybe we should have But you can, you can go and do it. You really can, yeah. you know? And you can go and do it in a way where it's not like, okay, prove it, Broken Lizard guys. You know, like, you could be a part of a class and assimilate into it and not have that pressure yeah. on you, you know? But, like, okay. Not, not at the bottom, though, bro. Got to no. start in the middle somewhere. Yeah, yeah you guys <laughs> definitely start in the middle. Yeah. No, no, no. No, no. It's a 12-step plan. Let's go. It keeps, Let's go. Honestly, it keeps getting beaten out of me. because, Why? like, Because it's the expectation. So, like, I, I did this independent film in Chicago, Shaky, yeah. 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 a couple of years ago. And, like, and so the director was like, oh, I've got a bunch of people from the I.O. coming down to audition. And you're going to improvise with them. And, like, me, I can feel my heart rate, you know, increasing again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and all these, like, you know, polished people would come down and they'd get into these improvs with me. And I'm just ruining it right like it could in your mind no for real like i could see it in their eyes i could see like their eyes are getting watery like they're almost gonna cry because of how bad i am but then afterwards they're blaming themselves they're like sorry man i totally fucked. and in my in my mind i'm like no you were fucking great mm-hmm. like it's because i've made some of the films that they just assume they must be the problem but what you said Maybe. was like yeah you guys fucked it up come yeah. on i was like yeah, dude, you yeah. suck you're you not suck. getting that fucking part believe me but you can do i mean you know we go on uh, we tour and go on stage and you're fine in terms of being in the moment i mean but look look what the problem is the problem is your own perception yeah yeah right yeah and that's so what it is that's why own. i need to get hours under my belt yeah but it's also if you give yourself a focus of like i'm what i'm going to focus on is being really affected by whatever my partner does okay let's do an improv right now okay <laughs> Okay, Kevin, shout out a word. Give us a topic. Or stop. Uh, peanut butter. 
See, I, I'll let you start because I don't even want to. See, that's start. why you're. Yeah. Oh my God, your chocolate uh, is in my peanut butter. <laughs> I'm so sorry about that. Mm. <laughs> it's delicious. Oh, then you owe me a royalty. See, that's what I, that now I'm upset because like I wanted just to do the standard Reese's thing, and and uh, he went a different way with well, it. Well, because he's doing improv, you're trying to do okay. a script. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry, <laughs> right? Oh my fucking, your chocolates <laughs> are my peanut butter. We do this again. <laughs> <laughs> Go. Yeah, now the royalty. Oh, we're doing the same thing all over. Okay, well, you no, can't. You now you have to do right, something new. New, new suggestion. New suggestion. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh my God. Jiminy Cricket. Fucking a, dude. That Jiminy. <laughs> he is a real son of a bitch. Motherfucker. He owes me five bucks, man. <laughs> five bucks. Yeah. Try twenty. Twenty. For eighteen months. I said we we break some of his back legs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. See, I okay. suck. See, okay. I suck. No, no, no. It was, it, it. it was going okay. It's a, it's a hard venue here. You know, it's hard to sit behind the microphone. Really and do this kind tough of audience. Yeah. Tell me, tell okay. me how you would criticize me now, if, as my teacher. I would say for you to not have expectation of where it's going and just let it happen and just react to it. Like I think, I think you had not, you did the chocolate and my peanut butter because you wanted me to say something specific. Mm-hmm. He's right. right. Yeah. He's right. And if I didn't say that, then you're like, oh, shit, now it's over. Yeah. I suppose right. like, well, what'd you say? Okay, well. Now I'm going this way. Yeah. He's right. Because totally on, right. on the Jiminy Cricket, I felt that my opener, when he said Jiminy Cricket, I was like, oh, man, that Jiminy Cricket, he's a son of a bitch. Like, yeah. I thought that was an okay opener because it was just great. like, okay, let's sure. start. Good. It's great. It's Good. point of view. It's yep. who you are in relation to him. Great. Okay. Then you said, yeah. He, he, now, now what threw me is you went like, uh, like. A southern black man, like, oh, I boined my toykey once again. You know, you, you were like, oh, yeah, he owed me $5. Uh-huh. And so then I felt that it's urge just... to, like, do that voice, too. Uh-huh. But then I was like, oh, I'm just copying. I don't want to just be pa- a parrot here. Right. And so I said, yeah, he's owed me 20 bucks for 18 months. Right. Mm-hmm. You don't want to get into negotiation. I wasn't sure if I was no-butting you or if I should be like. No, no. Now it's kind of like replaying your golf game. You know what I mean? You you were you were yesing it, you know. But if I said I owed, he owed me five bucks, then you could give me the the why of what he does, where he owes people money rather than just more money. You know what I mean? Okay. Tell me the uh, tell me not to shift gears here, but what uh, the but, uh, but to actually shift gears this year. So this year was the thirteenth annual L.A. LA improv Comedy Festival. I get the, I flipped the improv and the comedy. I said oh, comedy improv. Sure. Yeah. Is it comedy improv or improv comedy? Improv comedy. Okay. Thirteenth annual. Yep. LA improv. It just years. finished, right? It just yep. finished uh, a couple weeks ago. Yep. And uh, what, so you guys, you guys have been doing that for a while, and you raised money for years. for thirteen years. <laughs> raise, yeah, but maybe there a couple years before you numbered it. He doesn't right? listen. No, That's why he's yeah. no good at improv. No, I do. It's thirteen. I know. Yeah. Sometimes I'm improvising with him, and he's just asking his own question. He's not even listening. This is actually our twentieth, but the first seven we didn't, didn't count. count. Didn't, didn't count. count. No. That's like Lawrence Taylor Sachs in you know nineteen eighty one. They didn't count Sachs. It's a big uh, fucking bone of contention for Heffernan. It's really upset to me. But okay, so anyway, so uh, uh, you raise money for charity, though, right? You have a yep. big thing. All like alumni come back. All kinds of folks mm-hmm. come back. It's a crazy week, right? Yep, for the Chris Farley House, which is in Madison, Wisconsin, and that's for substance abuse. It's, or? A, yeah, it's a sober living facility. Yeah. Okay, and and all the proceeds kind of go to that kind of thing. Not all the proceeds. Some of the proceeds. Some of the proceeds, <laughs> some of the proceeds yeah. go to it. Yeah. Less no. than one percent. No. I'm okay. But yes. Yes. Yeah, money goes out to it. Uh, it's like Jared Fogel's uh, grant. Don't okay, touch sorry, that. Don't, don't touch, touch that. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. Don't touch that. Subway guy. Okay. Subway. Don't touch that. That's what a lot of people said to him. Don't touch. That. Okay, right. keep going. Okay. Sorry, good improv. It's current. Um, so, okay, so uh, uh, was it a success? You had big success, it was right? Great. It was great. I mean, we had amazing shows. We also um, broke the uh, Guinness Book of World Records for the longest continuous. Oh, that's improv right. Show. That's right. You How long seven, did it go? Seven straight days, one hundred and fifty straight hours. So and just they just went straight through. So it's the people tagging out, though, right? Yeah. Like, so like your group's up performing, and it's my group's time. I'd come in and tag maybe Kevin out and do a scene with Steve, and then the rest of your group would leave as my group came in. And right. 
So it just never ended. And One suggestion started on Sunday the 2nd at 7 p.m., ended on Saturday the 8th at 1 a.m. Oh what my what God. was the first suggestion? Uh, Time-space continuum. Okay. Oh, that's heavy shit, bro. Appropriate enough. Yeah. yeah. And did you get out there and do it? I did. I, I, I remember you it. saying like 3 a.m. He was, grou- he was grousing about it. It. It, was, it was 3 p.m. It was, uh, oh, I thought it was 3 a.m. No, it was like an improv okay. jam, but it was on Friday. And I, my grouse was, why did I pick at the end of the festival when I'm dead as opposed to the beginning? Right. Sure. So. Because it's but crazy. Because it because why? Because there's just so much scheduling and people. Yeah, it's just it's ongoing. There's workshops. There's you know uh, we have had live, live podcasts, which you guys did, which was right. awesome. And we, which is funny because like I, like we were emailing back and forth, and then at some point I'm like emailing with you, and I realized like th- for you this is like times 100. Yeah. Like any interaction you have with me, you're having it with a hundred other people about mm-hmm. their shows. Right. And I'm like, holy shit, you must be pulling his hair out over there. You know what I mean? But I, I will say thank you for having us there. Oh, thanks for doing it. And also, I think thank you. You, you. Over the years, there's been a few things that, you know, I did my first stand up at the IO. Me too. The first time I ever did stand up was at the IO. Me too. Really? Me too. Yeah, when we were preparing to go on the road, you let us come do on a our show that night. On our, I guess, is our sketch tour. Yeah, which I was love, five or six years that, ago. By the way, I saw that at the. Um, where did I say the L Ray? Is that where you did it? Yeah. Oh yeah. It was yeah. great. Yeah, by then we had been doing it for a year or so, so But Every- the first first time ever was at the IO that night. Yeah. Everybody we- did a little bit of stand up and then you guys did some stuff. Yeah, and then we did sketches movies. and stuff. Yeah. And we did two nights. That was yeah. awesome. Also. Yeah. Uh, a fun run. But Oops. sorry, you oh, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, I was gonna transition now based on that though. Okay, I was gonna transition too. Okay, good. Wow. Same. So who's you guys best, who's the best improv artist you've ever uh, performed that you've ever worked with? That I've ever worked with? Yeah, can you say? I mean, it's is really, it possible to say? It's really such a that night in the moment kind of thing. I've People have done brilliant moves and amazing stuff. There's people I love to work with. And Let me ask you this question. Let me ask you this question. Do you have, like, in your mind, are you like, is there an improv moment that you still look back on? You're like, that was my best improv. Oh. Mm, no, I remember pieces, though, that, of, of stuff. Like, So the idea of a herald is that. In a perfect world, the entire team is in sync for the entire time. Right. And um, I've, I, scenes I recall that were very Herald where, like, the perfect thing was said, you know? I, can, I remember some of those kind of things. Yeah. yeah. You know, but... You still didn't say who are some of the great improviser people that you've improvised with. Oh, oh well... Let's go. Yeah, Dave Keckner is amazing. Yeah. Amy yeah. Poehler is amazing. Um, I would As say, opposed to comic writers, comic performers, but the improv people. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I mean, like you wouldn't put Steve Lemmy in that group. Obviously, there's a reason. He's a funny guy, but he's not a very good improver. I would, I would put Steve in kind of like an Algernon in Importance of Being Earnest kind of a realm, or a, a guy in the woods during training camp. Kind of sure, sure. You know, sure. But I want to come out of the woods. Well, go to the fucking do the practice. classes and then right? go do practice. the thing. I want to practice. out of the woods and go do it. Uh, yeah, no, there, there's you know. That whole that whole crowd, like Farley, was amazing to work with. Yeah, um, he was really great at being affected and then heightening. Mm-hmm. Like he wasn't a great initiator, yeah, necessarily. But here's what's happening: he's all in, and it, right, and it was fun. Like, and then takes it to a certain level, then yeah, because he okay. just pushes, pushes. And if, is it one of those things like ball of energy things? Like you, like that, so energetic that. that can overcome any. Uh, Shortcoming? Yeah, sometimes it was that, and sometimes it was just like, uh, you know, as sad as you could possibly be in a situation, or you know, right, 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 right. But it was really like being affected. He really, he was a really great listener. Yeah. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, he was he was um, going to do a Fatty Arbuckle picture. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think but that before he died, right? Yeah, yeah I think yeah. that would have really changed everything mm-hmm. for him because he was so under the pressure that he had 
real or not, yeah. um, of being the fat guy who falls down, yeah. um, that and, he didn't get to show that other side. And I think if people could see what a great actor he really was, it might have taken some of that off his shoulders. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Hard to say. Yeah. Huh. I remember the first time you and I bonded, James. Uh-oh. What's this now? When's oh, this now? I, I wonder if you remember this as well as I do, because I remember it still very clearly. Okay. It, it was, so we had met earlier. And I was a dick. Stand off. You weren't a dick. You were now a dick. he's a dick, so it's okay. okay. Right. You weren't a dick. Okay. Uh, but it was at the rap party for uh, the safety school pilot that we shot, and you showed up. Okay. Yeah, he was there. Okay. You were kind of there. I was, I was blacked out drunk. Yeah. yeah, but I went outside of this party to go take a piss outside in the great outdoors. Wh- what city are we in? Los Angeles. Marina Del Rey. Oh, yeah. Okay. We're, We're at a Mexican Casa, restaurant Casa at Escobar. Marina Del Rey. Casa Escobar. On the bay there. Wait, what? Oh, no. That was Super Troopers, this, wasn't it? No, this was at some, maybe it was at somebody's this wedding. This is pre-Super Troopers. Here's what I'm talking about. Like, I went to take a piss. Yeah. And the ground was lower than where you were sitting in this restaurant. You were right by a window. Uh-huh. And so the ground was low enough to the point where my face was at the base of the window, which was at your feet. Uh-huh. And that's where I was pissing. And I was going pee-pee, and you casually just, like, looked down, and made, we made eye contact with each other, <laughs> and we held the eye contact and started laughing our ass off while I was pissing. And then when, when I came back in, your thing was like, I believe, like, if you look into a man's eyes while you're pissing, it's a... It's, it's an unbreakable bond with somebody. <laughs> Which is true. And we bonded over that. Like, that That's was funny. when we became friends. Okay. I, I, I have one of my favorite James Grace stories is a pissing story. Okay. One of my Ooh, favorite ones. Okay. You remember that? You'll remember this. Okay. Wait, do you uh, remember Do you remember mine? He won't remember. When I, I, I don't sorry, remember that. He doesn't remember two years yeah, yeah, ago. Okay, yeah, go. Yeah. He'll remember this one, but, uh, and you'll remember this one. But, okay, so, but you didn't know each other back then when you guys were doing your, your piss thing. You, uh, no. Well, we had met. That's how and we, we had like. That's how we bonded. We had been around each other a little bit. Mm, I was okay. always intimidated to talk to James because, like, I always found then, like, yeah. I get caught in improv. I always sure. felt he was looking at me to do a bit, <laughs> and I couldn't. He has keep those up. judging always improv eyes. Judging you, always yeah. judging you. improv eyes. Yeah. Okay. My story is. Uh, uh, you'll know this immediately. I know five, you keep saying five, that. six years ago. Five years, six years ago, we went to the ACDC concert. Yeah. Oh, Remember yeah. at the LA Coliseum. Yeah. And uh, it was their their new album came out, Black Ice. Yeah. And so we went, and it was me, you, and a couple other guys. And so we go. Uh, we're a thing. We're having a great time. Every song is fucking great. The best. And then they what happens is they launch into a song from their new album, like yeah. called War Machine. That yeah. song is, and nobody knows the fucking song. Yeah. And so at that point, everyone got up and went to the bathroom. Always. So that. they're playing War Machine. Everyone gets up and goes to the bathroom. So do you remember this? Mm-hmm. So I go into the urinal. And it's packed. It's a fucking, you know, there's 20,000 people there. I'm yeah. packed. I was taking a piss. And behind me, I hear, Kevin Heffern hates War Machine. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> Heffern hates the song War Machine. <laughs> and I turn around, and like five guys behind me, Grace is in line, mm-hmm. waiting to take a piss. Yeah. He hated that song. Everyone hated that song. And, and I loved it. I, w- I was so sad I had to pee so bad. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I tried to hold it, but... Yeah. I didn't dislike the song. It just seemed like yeah. that was the time to go. And, and, and randomly run into Grace in the bathroom uh, at the L.A. Coliseum. That was a blast. And I don't know if you remember, but like, there was another drunk guy... No, no, that, that, I, that happened when you and I were on the line together. The drunk guy. It was different. That wasn't that time? The guy who slipped? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Were you there when the guy? He was there. No, maybe no. I know that I like slipped. a dude tried to cut the line oh, and no. then like he fell into the floor and it was like a like an inch of <laughs> crap on the floor yeah. and he was the guy was wasted. Serves he, you he right, kind cut, of thing. He tried to, cut, but then do you remember what happened? He tried to cut the line. There's sludge and shit all over the floor. He yeah. slips on it. People are like, hey, hey, he slips on it and falls like like on his side flat, like shoulder, arms, uh. ribs, like leg in the <laughs> fucking piss and, and shoe <laughs> scum. Yes. And we start fucking like, yeah, like laughing. Like people on the line are like, yeah, that's what you Serves get. You're right, fucker. People on the other side of the bathroom who saw right. what they turned around and saw was a guy who fell and people online laughing at him. And people were like, fuck you guys. That's not cool to laugh at somebody. And we're like, wait a second. And then you're like, wait, no, he cut. You don't understand. Yeah, it became a thing. That was great. That anyway, that was my that was one of my funny, my well, funny um, I'm, I'm actually taking my son to his first concert September 25th at Dodger Stadium, ACDC. Well, we're, we're going to be at it. Really? No, but With we're going 28th, though. Are they there a lot? We're the, t- oh, we're the 28th. Maybe September I 28th. It's September 20th. It's one show. It's a Monday night. Yeah, we're going yeah. to. We're going oh, to. We're going to. See the same four guys. Same four guys. Same four guys. Same four guys on purpose. I won't be as hammered as I was at that. Uh, I, but you'll I, probably I have a couple beers. I will. Mm, will you I, give your son beers? How old is your son? My son is 12. Okay. Um, oh, it's going to be a weed I, fest. I, there, I, though, I haven't had he... a drink in like eight years. Oh, really? Years. Okay. Yeah. Is he going to be all right with a weed fest that's going on there at the uh, ACDC concert? Know, we'll just, we're, I got oh, high. I got real high seats. Yeah, that's where the, all the smoke goes, bro. Yeah, yeah but then it dissipates. That's where the real fest sits up there. When yeah. I was 13, ACDC was the second rock show I ever saw. Okay. First one was first. First one was the Kinks at the Garden, and okay. then a month later I saw ACDC. It was the, for those about to and rock. So it was your first, Yeah, that's what I saw. It seems like we're at every ACDC show together. I know. At the Garden. but so He was in Chicago, though. But it was, I remember going to that ACDC show, and that was the one where mom was like, look, watch out for drugs. And I was fearful that somebody was just going to come out at, at the garden and inject me with fucking heroin. <laughs> and, uh, but I do remember, like, the crowd was way different than the kinks. It was a lot of dudes, like, denim shirts with, like, the, the album painted on the back, like, either yeah. a highway right. to hell right. or, like, or the cannon or the back in black. Sure. But I was, like, pretty nervous to go to that thing. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. But I, that was I had scary. no idea who they were. It was a friend's birthday party. Right, and we were Sweet. last row seats at the Rosemont Horizon, <laughs> uh-huh. and I remember looking over and I saw this du- this dude just starting to hurl, and, <laughs> like a lot, and it started going down the rows. And you see people like dancing, and then they're like, "Ah, oh, shit!" Like look their feet, and they took that guy out in cuffs. That was my first. Okay, that's rock and roll. <laughs> yeah. Rock and roll. But like, are yeah. you you're going to subject your kid to that then? I mean, he's twelve. Yeah, they see so much more. On Did you go with your parents? No, I went with Jean Pierre Alvarado, his mom and dad, and his little sister. <laughs> And the opening band had some woman lead singer, and they finished, right? I don't forget who it was. Who was it? I, don't, I have no idea. Lita Ford? Maybe. And we were like, wow, ACDC was great. That was great. And like, we were getting ready to leave, and people were like, it wasn't fucking ACDC. <laughs> like, it wasn't? Oh. 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 That's right. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't. You were the French, was you in a French family? Yeah. <laughs> That's when you get your ass kicked. That's when like, the ACDC fans are like, pouring beer on your head, and right. you all just sit there like, don't say anything. Don't say anything. Well, that's, a, that's what's going to happen at Dodger Stadium. It's going to be a little rough crowd. Not with Wait, didn't you, didn't you have some problem at, at Dodger Stadium? That where you uh, you guys went and you got like a bobblehead doll and someone stole yeah. your bobblehead doll mm-hmm. <laughs> like a worker yeah one of the concession people yeah what, what was it where, so it was bobblehead night who was I there with Stolhansky well Stolhansky well, Stol- yeah. got like mustard poured on him <laughs> right it was so like Stolhansky and Chandler we were like moving around our seats and then we ended up sitting like you know on the the ground floor back back row we had all our bobblehead dolls I was taking them home to my kids yeah we're you know in, in vibed. And um, I look down and my bobblehead's gone. And I see, like, one of the concession people, like, going back with it. So I go down and I go, hey, one of your guys took my bobblehead. And they're like, who was it? And I go, you know, he was wearing what you're wearing. (laughs) (laughs) One of your guys. And they're like, oh, I don't know. And I go, well, I'm coming back there. So I started looking around. We found it. 
Right. It was somebody like, had it in the back. Fucking yeah, the guy room. had it and then like tried to hide it by you know Jesus. whatever. So you got it back. You think, oh, yeah. he, you think he could just ask somebody like, can I get can I get one of those bobbleheads? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What happens if somebody steals your Angus Young bobblehead and you got to go chase that guy around? Then they're going. I'm going fight. with my brother-in-law, who's so awesome, John John McNabb. So he and and Liam and I are going. So. Okay. You know, I got I got a wingman there. We'll case. see you there, dude. Yeah, we'll see you there. Well, there. Where are you guys sitting? I'm sure you're down. I don't know. Down low. No, I don't know where we're, we're sitting. We're in uh, basically kind of the Let same. Let me seat. in charge of tickets. Oh. Same seats we had kind of last time, like in the first in the first ring on the side. Okay. Yeah, I, I purposely got us up a little bit for perspective and just. Sure. It's not like you won't be able to hear it. You know what I mean, Ralph? Yeah, you can't yeah. hear anything in Doctor yeah. Stadium. Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw the Stones there in the shitty seats, and it was a great show. Really? Yeah. Okay. And I'm excited for it. That's gonna be so. Well, because and maybe you corroborate this too. I felt back when I was 13 that many years later that the ACDC show remained the best concert I had ever been to. And then when we that saw show them, five years ago, when we saw them again, it was just as good. Mm-hmm. Maybe Brian Johnson's voice is shot, but the fucking guitars, every single song. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fucking great. Was a they ripping, were fucking great. It like. They're just destroying it. It's like, okay, well, now these are tied for the two best concerts I've ever been and to. they're 65 yeah. years old. Because they, they have one thing that they do, and they do it amazing. And they never try to become ska for a little while, right. or disco, or any or, of that. Or uh, fucking romantic in yeah. any way. It's just well, like, was, did you ever see their, their behind the music? Yep. The, and the, the guy's like, there is bone-crushing, skull-crunching, <laughs> teeth-rattling, and you knew that they were never going to slip in a ballad on you. Right. Yeah. As a matter of fact, when they played... You know, and they did it at that show we were at, and it was a routine they would do usually. But like when they played the Jacks, yeah, uh, which is about uh, STD. You can say. say it, Kev. It's okay. And, and so uh, <laughs> oh, fucking pussy. And it's like that's it. she got the Jack. He's got the Jack. And they would pop around the crowd and put pictures of like women in the audience up on the jumbo screen and sing about how they all got the Jack, which I yeah. think is a fucking great moment. Well, but it's like that. It's like the uh, also like the um, born in the USA type thing. You've got everyone who's like. Right, Everyone's they don't going, know what they're talking got about. The yeah. Jack and people are like, "Oh, we've got to chant along with it. We've right. got yeah, the yeah. Jack." And, and then, like, yeah, the girls are like, "She's got the Jack." <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and if you're in the know, you're like, then you're like, "Oh, dude, yeah, do you so really lame. don't sing that?" You VD. Do you think they're arm. gonna do Dirty Deeds with uh, what happened with the drummer? I don't know. I guess I don't know. Mm. Mm, yeah, I don't sure. Know they, well, the drummer's not there, so fuck it. Phil Rudd is gone. He's not there. He won't That's be true. playing. He's not there. No, I know he's not there, but it's you know. Yeah, they don't care. They're rock and roll. Yeah, they're fucking rock and you know roll. What's, you know what's funny? Is, so, so you know, in a not-so-funny thing, Malcolm Young has pulled out because he's dementia. experiencing dementia yeah. from, from his alcoholism. And so they replaced him. They're like, oh, they're getting – they got their uh, – nephew. Their nephew. Yeah. And his name is – I think his name is Stevie Young. Right. Yeah. Stevie Young. Stevie, by yeah, the way. Stevie, right. And so I thought it was going to be like a Wolfgang uh, Van Halen type thing where it's like a kid and everything. But the nephew's like older than they are. He's their older, <laughs> oldest brother's son, and he's like he's just wheelchair. another old geezer. Yeah, yeah, Stevie he's is a, a, a geezer. Fuck. Um, so, I'm psyched for that show. I'm oh, psyched I'm too. So excited. I'm psyched too. I'm psyched too. It's gonna be great. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, so the Chew Crew knows James Grace from many of our movies. I'm surprised that we waited this long. To I know we haven't even this. talked about him. Yeah. Grace is in Super Troopers, Beer Fest, Lamb and Salmon, and uh, some of the other uh, projects that you know didn't really hit the big time. Some of the pilots. I think he got cut out of Baby Makers. Yep. Um, that was a sweaty, sweaty day on a bus. Yeah, as the bus yeah. driver. But, I mean, 
It was that was a uh, it was a good scene. Are you, are, it just didn't. Uh, it's on Super Troopers. Are you Officer Smy? Rando. Officer. He's Rando. Rando, man. Come on, dude. With the fucking mustache. Yeah, dude. No, I mean I know who he is in the movie, but like, <laughs> but I just I can never remember who's who's Rando. Who's I think Weaver Smy, was Smy. Who's Burton? Uh, yeah, Weaver Smyer. Faye was Burton, yeah. and he was Rando with yeah. the fucking handlebar mustache. Okay, which was awesome. Which is an awesome mustache. Excellent. Uh, and we had we we were, had we were on here. We were talking about. Um, well, Daniel von Bargen, uh, may he rest in peace. Yep. But we talked about um, the, the the night you guys bonded with Daniel von Bargen because you know, they talk about like Animal House when they were filming Animal House, like all the Delta guys hung out together and all the Omega guys hung out together, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Super Troopers, we we always you know people always ask us if you guys all hung out together and we all hung out together, and there was that one night where you and Faye and Weaver and Daniel von Bargen tore it up a little bit, right? That was that was after. Everything was shot. We we were all wrapped, and we were at some Mexican restaurant. And but still there in Poughkeepsie area. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and that really was because he was in, like, a good hotel, and we were all at the Econolodge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. You know, we were with all at the Econolodge, and he right. was at a... So a hotel with a bar. Yeah, and he had, his, he had his paraphernalia, and we... Yeah, we... There was, like, a big... Um, uh, bottle, you know, blow up inflatable bottle <laughs> right. that we all in wrote. the bar or something. Or? Yeah, that we tore off a wall yeah. and mm-hmm. a bunch of pictures of us all riding it like a uh, horse. And, and he was yeah. a reluctant participant, wasn't he? Daniel yeah. Bargain. He's a little crusty, a bit he, of a crusty guy. He was pretty hammered. He was good <laughs> at that point. He was. But yeah, but Weaver describes it as you guys ended up like wrestling in his hotel room on the ground. <laughs> Not with him sure. though. He was just watching. <laughs> no, he was. Yeah, he was kind of like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Disdained look, but like, yeah, all right, all right. These guys are all right. And I'd be involved with this guys. What am I going to do? It is what it so is. So you guys didn't exchange Christmas cards from then? We huh? did not. You and Von Bargain. Nope, nope. We never, we never saw each other again. <laughs> what? Yeah. You didn't even Facebook each other? Nope. There was no Facebook back then. MySpace. Oh, yeah, MySpace back then. But Weaver, you've seen him again. I see. Yeah, I've you had the best mustache in that movie. That whole movie, I think you had the best mustache. Thank you. You know, uh, I met my wife's family with that mustache for the first time. <laughs> you did at, at my brother-in-law's wedding, and there was just like a little murmur amongst the relatives of like, "Who's that douchebag? <laughs> Who's uh, the porn star <laughs> taking a steak <laughs> off of Marion's plate?" And eating it. <laughs> right. Yeah, I uh, I was the best man. <clears throat> I was the best man at a wedding during filming. And so I actually had to go for a day. It was early on when we were shooting on the highway and go and be the best man at a black tie wedding. And I gave it best man toast and everything. Mm-hmm. But I had my mustache and crew cut that the, the uh, wedding photographer would not take a fucking picture of me. <laughs> and I'd be like, hey, you know, I'm the fucking best man. Like, record this shit. But it was, you know, I guess the mustache like turns off some people. I guess I did. While we were shooting that movie, I did a, a graduation speech at Colgate. To like the younger, you know, to the kids. It was ten years out for us, so it was yeah. Like, and so I went there with just mustache and fucking Farva haircut, that yeah. shaved head. Yeah, and it was. Uh, it, I mean, it is such not a Colgate look, not a college look. No, look, I mean that's you know, like, it's like, it's like he's the uh, fucking asshole. Sure, all the people in the fraternity are like, oh, that's the guy, that's our janitor. <laughs> like he looks like a Central New York. <laughs> right. But isn't that interesting that everybody's look to be a cop is interpreted as an asshole? Yeah. I know. Like across the board, if you if you look like a cop, you look like an asshole. Well, the, yeah. the crew cut not to get heavy makes, right now. Right, but yeah. no, it's the crew cut and the mustache. Yeah, the, yep. well, the crew cut is just, that's a hard ass. That's a military guy. That's a guy who's regimented. Yeah, it's just associated with. It's not op- warm. It's not warm and cuddly. It's the opposite of peace right. and love. It's not warm and, and, and cuddly. And fun. No. Did you ever think about keeping that mustache, rocking that mustache for a little bit, or no? What? 
<laughs> you got you got rid of it as quickly as you could. My wife likes beer. She likes when I have a beard, but yeah. she doesn't. She doesn't like mustaches. She doesn't like the handlebar. No, nobody likes that mustache. Dude, that handlebar is fucking sweet. It was sweet. Yeah. Why does she like a beard? Like she likes the feel of a beard, or she likes know. the look of a she, beard? She likes the nautical feel of it. She, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of like a nor'easter. Sure, you know, yeah, coming from, from the sea. Yeah. yeah. You know, she's she's into mermaids, so it's like you know, sure. she's reminds into her of King Neptune or something. I don't yeah, know. over here, summer ring and Gloucester. Over, over yeah. here, over here. Uh, and then in Beer Fest, uh, you uh, were Canadian. Canadian number two, everybody. Uh, mm. Were you Canadian number one? Maybe I was number one. I think you know you did the bat spin against. Uh, uh, I did, yeah. And, against uh, Hans, Hans. Hans. Great. Yeah. One of my favorite moments. That's such the a great spin. moment. Oh my god, I really was dizzy. That was method acting. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean it was uh, that was fucking because he was dizzy too, and to see a big a big fucking yeah, but, muscular. Yeah, but he also did comedy down. dizzy, like he did the he thing did. with his legs where he like. Yeah, but I think that was hands. real. I think that was real. I don't think he had the comedy in him. Come on, Kev. I think that was comedy. Wake up, wake up, Kev. Come on. But that was the that's what I was talking about earlier. We were talking about it. Like like you now, like when your family's away. Like I remember we were shooting beer fest and Jay and I had that house and then yep. we had that back house and you stayed out in that back house yeah. and you kinda did your own thing. Yeah, I did you like went off and did shit like I played golf, I went hiking, I Yeah. yeah. And it was kinda like, Where's Grace? Uh, I don't know where Grace is. And like you'd come in we'd shoot and whatever and then you'd be like, uh, like it, it felt like you were there a lot for like a little vacation. Yeah, collecting oh, his, you were there collecting for a vacation paycheck. from everything else. It was totally vacation. <laughs> it was. Oh, because you uh, you would had I had two I had two kids at that point. So you would have had your kids then. Yeah, I think I had Lee so Luna. Was, yeah. Okay, so that was a little a little vacation away from the family. Yeah, for sure. You you were tucked away back. Well, in the well earned, by the way. Yeah, beautiful Albuquerque. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in the in the winter time. Yeah, it was. Yeah, okay. It wasn't, it wasn't that bad. bad. It wasn't that bad. It, it was bad. fine. It was. It was colder than I thought. I didn't think. Well, I thought it, that Albuquerque did not have winter, but it got warm at noon. Mm-hmm. I guess so. Like it was still hot. You were in a hot winter. I guess so. Well, I took a, I took that tram up to the top of the mountain there. Yeah, yeah. That's the shit that we didn't do to do the hike down because they told me it, you and Dan like, Fay. You and Dan Fay. No, just me. Okay. Like it's, it takes two hours. So I got up there at like three, by like five as it's getting dark because it's winter. I'm realizing I've got like. Two more hours to go, so I start running down the trail. Sure. <laughs> I hiked out of that thing in pitch darkness. Sure, it's gonna be like that. Was you would have been fucked. I I was fucked. I went down the wrong way for some of it, and then I just started looking for lights. And they were gonna make um, a movie like what's the one with James Frank? One hundred twenty-eight hours. Yeah, yeah. Where you fucking gnawed your own limb off <laughs> in Albuquerque? Might have happened. Might have happened had I not got out. D- Dan Fay, Officer Burton, was there. He showed up, and he but he wasn't yeah. acting in the movie. Yeah, he was. He was uh, a Scott. I think oh, a, a British, a British, a British guy. A British, you're British right. or uh, yeah, yeah. Um, sure. Slam and salmon, awesome tuxedo, and awesome drunk guy. Uh huh. <laughs> right, a douche yet again. Yeah, yet yeah. another Thanks, douche. Guys. Yeah, you yep. got it. You're great at that. Yet yeah. another douche. Yet another douche. Yeah, but that was more. I was more of a lovable douche. Yeah, yeah. I was a lo- lovable douche who was. Sexually harassing his waitress. So. Sure, sure, yeah. but no big deal. She yeah. was sexually harassing people too. Yeah, so that's the get. that's the thing. It's like there's a theme in the movie. It's like what's right and what's wrong. Sure, right. sure. And the all you had to do was drive up to. <laughs> you never go to Albuquerque. 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 You just drove up to Van, Van Nuys. It was an easy drive. Right up to Van Nuys, man. Yeah, Van Nuys. Dude on Roscoe yeah. Boulevard. Van Nuys. By the way, my son. Uh, thank you very much. Says chicken fucker. Oh, he does. Uh, yeah. He's but, like who. Oh, those chicken fucker guys! I'm like, I'm, don't. Yes, has don't he seen? Say. Has he seen Super Troopers? Yes, yeah. Uncut? Uh, no, not on. You know, Marion was like trying to. I didn't see it with him. Um, he was just supposed to see my scenes. She yeah. said, but of course he didn't. didn't. Yeah, uh, I had a funny one. If he sees your scenes, he would see Heffernan's dick. Yep, that's true. The chicken fucker. Yeah, yeah. Um, a couple weeks ago, uh, Comedy Central play had it had it playing, and uh, and we live tweeted like it was a thing, a publicity thing. So we live tweeted the Comedy Central thing, and so um, 
I'm out in the, my office and I'm doing the live tweeting. And my wife is like, can, you know, do you think they can watch it? And I was like, yeah, yeah, it's on Comedy Central. It's all cut up or whatever, right? Right. And so, uh, and so uh, I'm live tweeting and I finish and I walk into the house and they've been watching the movie. And uh, all of a sudden the, the tit scene, the, the naked German chick is on. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what the fuck? Comedy Central cuts this whole section out. And I just saw that they cut the whole section out. What's going on? And it turned out that my wife fucked up somehow, and she just hit play. It's in our queue on, you know, on, uh, on Netflix. And, and, that, and she just hit play on that. Yeah. And so my kids sat there and watched the whole movie without us even in the room. Yeah. They watched the whole rated R version. Yeah, okay. While I was watching the Comedy Central version. And what they take away from it? I don't know. My dick. Uh, they saw your dick. Uh, <laughs> lot, you tell your kids, drugs, like, this, this made you. This tits, thing, this thing right? made you. Whatever. That's what they took away. Okay. You know? my, kid, my kid's three. He saw it the other day. Obviously, nothing stayed with him, but he, sure. but he does say, now, like, I, I want to watch Super Troopers, which is fucking adorable. <laughs> that is cute. It's fucking adorable. Yeah. There's so much, though, that they see on their, their vines and their, all the other Instagram bullshit. All I know. Stuff. They see so much. You can't. What I'm glad about is now I've graduated. Like, it used to be only animated movies, but now at least I can go see, like, Ant-Man and Jurassic World right. and shit with my oh, kids Oh, they love now. Jurassic World, my kids. They yeah. laughed through it. Oh, my kids loved it. Yeah. What do you mean, like, they thought it was silly? Like, every time someone would get eaten, they'd laugh and... Be like, oh my god! Yeah, right, right. Like that's the, there was there. It wasn't like they were scared, right? It was they. They were kind of. A, we're on we're on B movie right now. Keep going. Sorry. And my my son at one point he leans over and he goes, "Oh my god, are they going to get out of the same plot point for the third time? I'm so nervous for them." And I'm like, "Wow, Fucking you dick. are cynical son of a cynical bitch. dick. Yeah, you like, little son of a bitch. You're in your daddy's footsteps. Yeah. <laughs> play the prick, you little son of a. Bitch. That's right. You know, we need for Super Troopers too. We need a little prick. Oh, yeah. you should bring him in he's with a handlebar mustache. Yeah. I'm telling you, he's a great little actor. With we hand- still talk about how we how to get Smy and Burton and Rando in there. Also, we had we had like com- a, there's a scene in prison. We were talking. We about. come up with a scene like where it's a conversation <laughs> between two guys, and then you finally see what they're looking at, and it's you guys on the like the chain gang or something like that. <laughs> or worse, working at a Wendy's. <laughs> now you're in jail, bro. Yeah, no, you you're, you're fucking hardcore you jail. Get out after time. I mean, it's been forty years no, since. No, no, no. Oh, ten. You ten. know what? Fucking Grace, <laughs> get the fuck out of here. No, it's really only been like what? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you know what? This podcast. I'm going to walk out of here and see if you can see me 25 yards away. Like, hey, see, hey, see this. <laughs> see this. How clear is that? Nearsighted. Can't yeah. See it. Uh, are you acting and stuff still, or are you? Yeah. Is your time taken up mostly by the theater? Um, I am acting. I'm also like writing stuff, pitching stuff, that yeah. kind of stuff. Do you audition anymore? Yep. Okay. Yep. Not as much as I'd like to. Yeah. Me either. That's everybody's. You know. And I hate it. You know, and, and I think. I think it's really about creating your own stuff. Is yeah, and that's what it comes down where it's to. Because nobody's like, "Hey, you're you're mildly talented. Let's uh, let's see what we can do with you." Because also, like, if they have their project, they've got fifteen guys that they're friends with. Exactly. That's you know that they're going to put in that thing. You know? Yeah. By the way, I just I just remembered something. I'm, I'm surprised we didn't bring it up. You know, I know you forget a lot of things, James, but <laughs> do, do you remember uh, when we were shooting the big fight scene in Super Troopers? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you were going up against Soder and Marissa Coughlin. Yep. yep. She knocked me out. You yeah. got hit hard with a police-grade flashlight yep. in, right. the nose. Right in the nose. Right in the nose. And it bled. The bridge of your nose bled, right? It bled, and it, it did knock me out for a second. And shut product, production down for the rest That's right. Of you the had night. to go to the hospital. Well, I don't think of, No, I no. Think, after well, that... We, because we, we did, were, we stopped. I mean, we were close to being done. We were in penalty, like we were over, and we were stretching everybody, and like, come on, let's just finish this f- fight scene. It was like, you know, it's like five a.m. or something. Yeah, and that was like, okay, you know what? We're tired. 
we're shutting it down. I feel like we kept going because there was some some kind of fake skin put over my nose and like makeup to like shoot it one more time. You know what? There oh, was maybe. what happened. There was then there was another close call. Like somebody else got like minorly hurt. Uh-huh. And uh huh. And then it was like, yeah, I know. Like I hit um, Noonan Galifianakis. So that might have been it. Like Which, you know, it was the final star. I was like, all right, yeah. we're all fucking. But you tired know, the here. the one where I really got nailed in the face looked completely fake, and where they missed by like three feet looked totally real. Right. And I was right. like, lesson in movie magic. Right. Mm-hmm. But I do remember that. That was like a, oh my god. He got popped in the face with that flashlight. That was one of those times where, like I actually felt genuine compassion for someone. For Grace. For Grace. Or oh for Mar- Marisa. Yeah, like, that poor thing. Her. Hey, Marissa, don't feel guilty. Don't feel bad, don't about sweetheart. Feel hey, guilty. sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Come here. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, and <laughs> yes, and yeah. yeah. He can take it. He's don't a big worry, boy. Don't tough. worry about it. Don't worry about it. No, no, you, it's you I'm worried no, about. No. It's you I'm worried about. <laughs> Come here. Come here. You okay? You need a hug? Oh. Come here. Hit him in the mustache. Yeah. Take him down a notch. Come oh. right here. Are you guys having, do you have a digital kind of thing going on over at I.O.? Or? Yeah, there's, that's expanding. I mean, it seems like there's so many of those folks over there who are, who are shooting stuff. Do you have like a young person in there? You're like, you're <laughs> our tech, like Dodo there. You're our current person. I come in and I'm like, you guys should do this Carol Burnett sketch. Um, yeah, yeah. Where, yeah. I got this great idea. You, uh, you, you uh, get on Harvey your knees. Corman you get on your knees and you get in a pair of shoes. Right. And it's like you're really short. Yeah. And you're a little person. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, you, that's, that's the thing, though. It's like stuff changes so quickly now. You know, like yeah. it's Instagram, then it's, you know, it used to be Facebook back in 10 years ago or yeah. whatever. And, Two years ago. But yeah, everything just changes so much that you really have to have that young element. For relevancy, do you stay in contact? Like, do you work in conjunction with the Chicago? Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, they just opened a new theater uh, last year, and I went out for the opening, and a bu- you know, a bunch of people did. Like, oh, in Chicago, right? They moved, yeah. right? Some huge, big, nice thing. Huge huh? place. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Seven million dollar theater. Holy shit! And they have like a beer garden that's the size of our main stage. Why don't you get them to do that here? Let's go. Yeah. Throw some of that money nice. around here. That's what I've been saying, but yeah. you know. Well, I mean, at the I.O., like, uh, what was it? Like, a car drove into the I.O. and destroyed the bar, and mm-hmm. then... When? And then uh, years ago, a couple, like a 10 years, years ago? Or in Chicago? Seven years ago, here, out in L.A. Because on Hollywood? Yeah, guy was coming off of Hollywood down Cosmo. He hit the gas instead of the brakes through the front window, all the way through the bar. It was during, Shut it was like really? four in the afternoon. No one was in there. Okay. Thank God. But it totally destroyed the bar, so we had to rebuild the entire bar. And it was like the bartender. I don't know if I remember that. Rebuilt, or no, didn't Mike Coleman build Mike it by Coleman. hand? Yep. Yep. He built that bar. Yeah. Mike Coleman did. Which I was happy because the bar we had was the guys who designed our stuff were like really big stoners. And, and all of the metal work was all like twisted, you know? Mm-hmm. You've seen that? Yeah. It's all like, oh, that's a great idea at three in the morning when you're super fucking high, dude. <laughs> yeah. But it's really not that practical to bump into. So. We rebuilt it, and I wanted it to be a wood bar, like a Chicago bar. Sure, sure. He built, which is it's a really nice. I like it. Yeah. So, but yeah, that was that was crazy. And I had been down there eating my lunch, watching the Cubs game, and the Cubs at that time were so bad that mm-hmm. I, uh, I suppose to right now. Yeah. With hey, them. they're on a hot streak. No, I know they are. Joe Madden, thank Joe yeah. Madden for that. So uh, anyway, I got up and left. But you know, had I had I stayed another half hour, I would have been killed. Jesus. So Christ. I appreciate the Cubs sucking. <laughs> Count your blood silver lining. God. Silver lining everywhere. Thank yeah. God the Cubs. Sucked. Yeah, I would. I would say though that uh, Keith Salter James and, and Rob O'Connell did the. Uh, he doesn't have to do anything. His fucking family's they, out of town. They promoted that. No, they're everybody's back. Oh, promoted what? They, promoted okay. they they produced and and created that. That I want to give them credit on that seven day show. It was crazy. I mean, oh. over a hundred and sixty groups performed. 
Um, the guest book had like six hundred and something performers that were involved, and you, and it was uh, it was uh, live uh, streamed, right? Live so streamed the entire time. Did somebody record it? Mm-hmm. The whole thing? Yep. So you could sit there and watch it for one hundred fifty hours. If you wanted you? To. Why would you? But but you know what was great? There might be a gem here or there. I heard that you know I didn't didn't watch the three a.m. broadcast, but I heard that there were like people just performing their hearts out to nobody because we yeah. didn't have audiences in the middle of the night. Just live streamed it. People just going out and full board committing, and that's awesome. I mean, no, that's great. But it's also the weird thing about live streaming. It's like you never know who's out there. Yeah, like there would be somebody might be out there. You know, hey, there's 160 people from South Korea watching right now. <laughs> Why are they watching this? I don't know, but I'm gonna give them the best show I can, yeah, dude. Yes, and bro. we're gonna get them into long form over there. <laughs> do you do you uh, still do nighttime work over there? Or are you there at nighttime? Is it like a nighttime like work? A... What do you mean? Is, are you still sleeping with all the uh, female? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm no. Not I mean, doing do you, like, that... are you yeah. at that age now where you're still there till 2 a.m. every night or no, that no, kind of no. thing? Or no, I I go when I I monitor shows and see what's going. on. You're actually kind of lucky to see James Grace there now. Like every time I'm there, I'm like James around, and yeah. they're like, um, "Oh no!" There was like, "Oh um, no!" That guy's never here. So. Now I'm there every day. Like I'm there office hours in the day, and then I go to see shows when I like. I don't go like you know what? I'm going to go see some improv right now <laughs> just to check out what it's like. Do, I don't do that. Is there ever a moment like uh, like the color of money? You know, like Paul Newman. He's at the bar, at the pool hall, and it's like he keeps hearing that kid break, and uh, he's like, "Wow, that kid's got to break like a sledgehammer." Are there times where you're up there in the office, and you're like? Holy shit. That, that was a great... I heard a great improv just now. Man, that British accent was right on the money. No, but, you know, I do see a lot of new up-and-coming people, you know, and um, that's always great to see because it, what you see is people who, like, their show is a show versus people who are, like, nervous and, you know what I mean? Right. It's like people who've, like, gotten to that level of confidence and then are just playing. That's super fun to see, especially when they're kind of... Up and coming, you know. Have, right. you, have you had someone where you're like, "I want to teach you"? Like you've got what it takes. I want to teach you. That's creepy. No. Well, just like you know, it's like the old, like a, like million dollar baby, okay, type thing where Morgan Freeman's like, "I'm, I'm going to teach you." <laughs> I feel like that happens to people who don't have families. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, like they're like, it's "I want to invest in you." I'm like, "I want to invest in my kids." I'd yeah. like to see my. Yeah. No, it's funny. Like I, I see people like that, and I'm like. You know why he has all the time to do that shit? He doesn't have kids. Exactly. And yeah. you see posts like that of like, <laughs> listen, dreams are made and realized and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, dude, if you had kids, you would not be posting that shit. You <laughs> yeah. would be dealing with your kids right now. Yeah, you're right. a dumb fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I got to say, I love when I'm teaching, I love teaching. But, I, I, you know, I'm not like, God, I wish I was teaching right now. You right. know what I mean? But like when I'm doing that, I really love doing it. And when I'm performing, same thing. But there, there's not like, I don't know. I think you, when you're younger, you need that attention in some way that I. Right. I think that's totally true. Yeah, yeah. Not you. Mm-hmm. Of he mm-hmm. still ne- he still craves. Yeah, I did. I did attention. Somebody needs some attention. He didn't get. I do. Up. That's why I just make noise. I'm like a. But I'm like I'm a I'm, dog. I'm never happier than when I'm sitting alone in in, in my house. So. <laughs> oh, I, lo- I loved it. You did it all summer. I did it all summer. <laughs> I honestly, I'm with you guys. I'm with you guys. I crave the silence. Uh, like yeah. watching the whole Blackhawk series, this thing. Like I, I, I don't want to watch with anybody. I don't. Right. I don't want other people. Right. Telling me their little tidbits yeah. or their fucking opinion. Hey, James, come over and watch the game with yeah, me. No, like, no, 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 thank you. Okay. You guys want to watch it? Hey, you want to come over and watch the game? No, thank you. <laughs> Would you let them come over to your house? No. no. <laughs> when, will you put on a Blackhawks jersey uh, alone? Uh, no, I don't, I don't put on a jersey. But because um, I got superstitious. Like I wore a T-shirt <laughs> and I lost and I was like, all right, I can't wear this fucking T-shirt now <laughs> yeah. until the next series. It's not because he's jaded. It's because of superstition. But, but like game seven against the Ducks was a wedding. 
that we had to go to, and it was all Chicago people, and it was like media blackout. Nobody fucking talked about it. And when we got home, it from was the agreed wedding, by everybody. Yeah. Wow. Some okay. people left early from the wedding because they couldn't take it. Mike okay. Coleman left early. He okay. wasn't feeling well. Okay, okay. And when we got home, I had to watch that game with Pete Holney, who I love. He's my neighbor. He lives like three houses down. Pete yeah. Holmes? Pete Holney. Oh, Pete Holney. Uh-huh. And, but his wife, Linda, and my wife also decided they want to watch the game. Oh, and they boy. kept saying things like, can we just like fast forward? And it was like, no, this is, this is game seven. What you can do is you can walk down your house three houses away yeah. and go to bed. That's and what, you can shut the yeah. fuck up. Yeah, that's what you can do. Yeah, or if right. you want another result that bad, go, uh, you know, go home and yeah. look at the computer. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. So that you know, and they they won handily in that one, which is the only reason it was okay. If it was a close game, it would have been, you know, tough, hard to sit there. But are you a Chandra Sekar Hawks fan? Like, are you like I just am a Hawk fan the last two years? No. Or you're a lifelong Hawk fan? I. It's funny to talk hockey with Chandra Sekar. I went <laughs> to Hawks games back in the late '80s. Right. I didn't. I never played hockey, um, but I became like hard hardcore. And Tony Esposito. Yeah, I Stan Makita, right? But I, I wasn't like growing up. Sure, not right. even like Ronick and Larmer, like those years. No, no, I, I really like the 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 when they got Kane and um, Taze. Okay, so like, so you are a Sander Sekar guy. No, if you said two years ago, that's that's <laughs> they hadn't won any championships when I was on board. Okay, okay, okay. so you okay. got them before, right before they, when they were young and exciting. That's look, yeah. that's that's fine. I'm like, yeah. Talking to Sander Sekar though, it's like he'll be like, oh, like I um. That guy Kane has a great uh, a smack shot. Uh, <laughs> see a Muppet? Okay. Oh, yeah, he is a Muppet. Yeah. Uh, you haven't yeah, noticed that? that? Guy, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, oh yeah. He uh, he was skating. He skated really fast, but then he he uh, he let go of a, a wild smack shot. <laughs> <laughs> he does that. He does that. Yeah. It's like you you do feel like you're you're speaking to somebody who's three years in. Like I'll still explain a few rules to him. Here's what icing is. Because you're all about the, the Rangers. Yeah, I've loved hockey uh, since I was a kid. I love it. You see that? He, he's like, fucking yeah. bring it. Yeah. Want to yeah. talk it? Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's talk some Rangers. No, like Shane or Sarah, it's, you know, because like, there was a while when the Bulls were good that he'd try to get me into basketball and be like, uh, you know, look, I, I, right. you know, I have a certain... And I'd try to talk to him about hockey. You know Jay's very emphatic about his opinions. He'd be like, I'll say this to you right now to your face with no fear of consequence or even offending Muppet, you. Muppetize that a little <laughs> yeah, bit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I will never uh, watch ice hockey. Because uh, you've heard him. Like, I will never use a cell phone. Right, uh, right. Cut to him at Sundance on a cell phone. Sure. I'm the bell of the ball. <laughs> yeah. But he was like that about the baseball, too. Uh, baseball, too. We would be watching the Yankees in like 1993 or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And he'd come in. He's like, baseball fucking sucks. Oh, he was I a crazy Cubs fan baseball. in high school. Crazy. Yeah. Then he stopped. I guess he. he I, I guess it's a fair he weather thing. He turned into a tailspin of depression when they lost to the Padres, right, in the playoffs. Like he was like, I was like, what's going on? Was like, <laughs> uh, they lost, you know. Uh, they lost, and <laughs> yeah. but uh, uh, yeah, lost. he was so depressed. Like I wasn't that hard. Maybe that's why. Maybe it was a traumatic thing. That's what the it is. The Cubs will kick in the balls every chance they get. I they mean, sure will. They sure will. Yeah. I just want to see him get into the playoffs as a step this year, and then I think they some, will, and then get some pitching. Yeah, I mean, I think Joe Madden is the one of the best. I really like uh, Joe they're Madden. They're so good in the infield too. They got so yeah. many great bats happening. Yeah. And, Do you view the Cubs in Chicago the way that we New Yorkers view the Jets? As like every season, it's like what they're they're so inept. It's called same old Jet. Like they're gonna like this year. It's like holy shit. Uh, the fucking one of the teammates broke the court, the starting quarterback's right. jaw. Like, that's classic Jets football. Yeah. Like, no, I think the difference is Cubs fans every year, and this is why it's worse, are like, 
I think we could do it this year. I think we could actually do it. And then it's like, whoop, boom, in the right. balls. And you're like, ah. Oh. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's no, we're not like, oh, they're going to suck. Well, every year, at least I am, I'm like, I think we got some pieces here. This, right. I mean, this year, you, you're definitely feeling that. Right. Way. Yeah, but, I mean, right. it's all relative. Because they're in the but, same I mean, division you know, as a couple other teams. Sure, but he's got optimism. They've, they've won three Stanley Cups in the last, what, four or five years? Yep. And there's optimism in that town, and now there you know, always is. It could you? Hey, look, baseball thing could happen. Yeah. I think Chicago fans are good fans because they know the the game as well. They're not just. I mean, the the rap against Cubs fans is they they just go and sit be, out in the ivy. You know, White Sox fans hate Cubs fans. I, sure, they hate each other. I went to a Cubs game at Wrigley Field, and there were White Sox. There were people there in White Sox jerseys rooting for the other team. They ca- they came specifically to root against the Cubs. Oh, I, Definitely, I, I know a White Sox fan who, after they won the World Series, like the second thing he said was like, "Fuck the Cubs!" Like, can't you just enjoy your right your White Sox? Yeah. Right. But I saw them play Cubs White Sox when um, Jordan was playing for the White Sox. Oh, okay. He okay. played in right field. Okay. So I get a couple at bats and okay number forty five wasn't very good. Yeah. And but you, if you were a Cubs fan, you had to root for him. You got I mean, it's Michael Jordan. Yeah. I mean, so did I, you guys ever meet him? Uh, I never remember. I saw him play. I went to a game, a Knicks Bulls game, in like '91, and saw him play live. You saw him play live, and it was amazing. I never met him though. Have you met him? I, I was in a commercial that he was in, and yeah. I was in a different part of the commercial. But I, when I went for my fitting, he was there, yeah. and it's just like an aura. Yeah, like, you know, it's just like it's fucking Michael Jordan. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. You know, like you can't. Like I, I don't get that way with like actors, but like with with athletes, sure. My my buddy um, works at a golf shop and like makes clubs and stuff. And Marcus Allen from the Raiders, my big sure guy. We, we have a couple of Marcus on stories. And so he's like, next time he's in, I'll just call you. So my wife and I were driving <laughs> up to Santa Barbara. It was right after the Rose Bowl, and he calls and he goes, "Hey, I got somebody on the phone for you." And he's like, "Hey, who's this?" Like, "Hey, Marcus." So we start talking, and I have nothing to say to him. Like I, right. he's talking about the game, and I'm like. You know, I'm a fan of your prodigious uh, jocularity. <laughs> That's when you start choking. Yeah. 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 And Been eventually, you get to the point, he's talking to me. I'm like, well, I got to go. Like, I hung up on Marcus Allen because I, right. what you could I say to him? You what else to say to him. Yeah. 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 Uh, had that happen uh, before. Yeah. With Marcus Allen. But anyway, you know, what I realize now I had that happen with you when I met you at the uh, Brady show. I was like, oh, my God. This, this, I can't talk. I'm tongue-tied around this guy. He's a fucking, that's Peter Brady right there. Fuck, what am I saying? That's a big deal. Yeah. Peter Brady, that's big shit. It was. It was, yeah. James. Don't. When it's time to change, bro. You got to rearrange. You got to rearrange. Um, all right. Yeah, it's time. It's yeah. time. It's time. All right. L- let's chew. Let's chew something. Let's figure out what we're chewing. What if we're chewing dog and we're in a, a restaurant in another country? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh. This is thick tail. It's um really thick tail. Is this toxin? Mm. Mm. Oh, I got a little bit Damn. in my teeth. I oh. feel like you can taste fear. Mm. Try the haunch. <laughs> it's delicious. <laughs> um, all right. Thank you, James Grace, sure. for coming and shooting the shit with us. Do you want me to plug my uh, 14 comedy uh, tours it. that I'm doing? Yeah, in plug, them all, my... plug them all, dude. Plug them all. Plug away. Do it. Oh, I do. You I West. We find you on Twitter or anything? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, can, you can find me on MySpace. Still there. Still rocking the MySpace. Mine is still there. I still got it. We still got it. We still got Brooklyn Lizard MySpace. I'm going to go on my MySpace. Really? Yeah. Check it out. Yeah. The whole so, thing's been reformatted. Thanks, okay, folks. great. Okay. Thanks, Grace. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later. All right. Now leaving Nerdist.com. 